Welcome to the newest episode of the Brohams Podcast. As always, it's Marcel. It's Rike, the founder and president of the hottest agency in motherfucking sports entertainment today. Rike Gilmore Sports Entertainment Superstars. And oh, before we go any further, y'all can't see it, but y'all will see it later on tonight. We do have a special guest. Motherfucker can't talk. He can exist, but he can't talk. We got the new Lone Star Championship here. Video should be dropping later on today at the official unveiling. So, took a year in the making to get this thing done, but we finally got this hoe done. Well, I'm sorry, baby, you ain't a hoe, but you you know. I'm from the South, so that's kind of how I talk. Hoe is just in my vocabulary for everything. Everybody. What's that song? I forgot. Who made that song? Was it 88 Keys? Hoe means honey? <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you grow up in the South your whole life, like, hoe is just, hoe can be anything. It don't have to be a girl or a dude that's like fucking anything with a cooter catter on it. It with can a be cooter catter on it. Yeah, it can be like a car <laughs> be a hoe. Um, you know, you go to Whataburger. No, yeah. better raising canes. And they look at the chicken fingers. So like, These hoes be bussing, you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's how people talk. But don't mind me. I'm I'm like cruising on a couple hours of sleep. And shit, so I'm just ranting. This episode is gonna be fun. <laughs> Alex was like Gohan when he's like flying through the air, getting ready to kick. <laughs> oh man, I can't even. I can't even tell y'all what's going on with my hair. I don't fucked it up. I don't it's, know. Look, man, if you can eat, eat some pussy, you can say so because you got pussy hair. Like, yo, oh no, no, it's. <laughs> It's just how my hair be doing it now. Since I since I cut it, it I don't know why it does it, but it, it'll curl up now. It ain't never did that. Yeah, so. my hair. Ever since I cut my hair, it, it don't really like do much but shine now. I put that African oil on it, and it gives it that nice little gloss to it and shit. I can't remember what the shit's called, but it's been keeping my head shiny for like the last six years. So. So they got a nice sheen to it. Mm-hmm. I think when I eventually decide to make the decision, I think I'm gonna do that too. Just uh, if you ain't shine going it bald, up, you probably ain't ever gonna go bald. Well, I mean, I, I feel like I'm starting to lose on the top. I don't know. A little, I get you some keeps or some for him. Yeah. It's yeah, like I, I said. To. It's like I said when Robert was on the show. I was like, if you had told me like ten years ago that Robert would be the first person to lose all his fucking hair. I would have told you you were lying because that Negro had volume. And he had a full-grown beard at like 16. <laughs> For real. That was the last time he was in touch with his Spanish side. Yeah. <laughs> it was like single uh, And he pulled up with like a sombrero and Rashad was like, Robert, Robert, I'm going to need you to go home and leave that hat there. That's what the fuck I need you to do. <laughs> Why you do him like that? I don't know. <laughs> Off social. <laughs> oh well, I guess I'll do my my intro since Robert's not here, fucking up the the flow. But uh, mm-hmm. it's oh. your boy. What the the, the Tennessee Tassler, the the Tennessee Troublador, Troublador, Troublador. 
Yeah, that's <laughs> you just. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Texas all that time and couldn't say Troubadour. Hey, there's some words that there's some words that I avoid. You know what I'm saying? There's some words that I avoid. They're better off me not I, saying it. I avoid Boston in the state that it's in with a passion. I can't say. Oh yeah, no, I. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say Boston. I wouldn't slander nothing about Boston if I was in Massachusetts at all. Hell to no. Easier for you to say than me. I can't say the state that you know holds Boston. The only, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have a hard time saying that word. But uh, I'm the former stay-at-home dad, the Brohans podcast, and current slave to the to the corporate giant. That is uh, the company that I work for. Oh, that's Jeff Bezos' company? Oh, I, sounds familiar or something, but I don't know. I can't, I couldn't really just, I couldn't really disclose that. I'm with Glamazon? Uh, I'm close, very close. Very close. Look, look, look at this. See, I mentioned before we went on air, right? Alex was simping watching Dynamite. And he mutes himself. And look at him. And I found this receipt on Facebook. This man said, I wish I was in Austin so I could be at the AEW show Sad Crying Face. <laughs> okay, so. Nah. Before, before, <laughs> before I went mute, I heard my son crying. So I was like, oh, okay, let me go get him real quick. So I had to mute it. And then you flame me. <laughs> and then you flame me with my receipt. So that's why I didn't speak at the time. But now I'm going to defend myself. And what I got to say about that is y'all caught me lacking. <laughs> that's basically what it is. Y'all caught me lacking. I was, I was on a, uh, I, was, I was living like I was James Brown. I was high on life that night, which was last night. But that's all I could say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be worse. I could be simping about impact or shit. People keep saying impact is good. I'm like, impact's been good lately. And I'm like, I've heard that before numerous times. Shit. But then impact impacts itself and becomes not good. Shit. I was going to say there was, I think, at least four different times where they were like, yeah, impact's good now. But that's. That's four times in like what twenty years. That's not a very good track record. Now, um, this is just we we have interesting topics to talk about this week. We just gonna try and bop around. I just saw this thing MJF talking about he gonna let his contract run out. The contract that expires in what like twenty twenty seven or whatever twenty twenty four. He said January first, twenty twenty four is when my contract is up. I got in this business to make money. It comes down to which company makes me the best offer. Now they can flatter me with Brock Lesnar money and times it by two. I'm putting Tony and Vince on notice. Oh my God. Tim is a Brock Lesnar money times two. God damn. Won't that make him the highest paid wrestler currently? Would, yeah. Cause I was gonna say I think I think I wanna believe that Brock signed a deal for like three million or something like that for like a year or some shit or whatever it is. So I'm pretty, oh, God, that's a pretty big number, though, six. For however long, though, kind of, if he gets a six, 
$6 million contract for three years. That ain't too bad. Nah. Well, you know, hopefully he get his money. Oh, yeah. No, he, he deserves his bag. He deserves it. He's young. He, uh, he a student of the game. I don't know if y'all oh, I'm kind of jumping to uh, one of the things I put in Around the Ring, but MJF was talking about, or I don't know if I put it in put it in there or not, but I know MJF was talking about how he uh, he loves WWE and uh, NXT 2.0 and Bruce and Vince are on the right path, making quality TV. I watched 2.0 this week, actually. Um, it wasn't, no, it wasn't a bad show, but I will, I'll get into it. Oh my God. Uh, but since you watched it, I want to get your opinion. This, did you see the Ty Conti, Sammy Guevara segment? Mm Mm-hmm. Basically, I feel like what it was, is like Sammy was trying to cut like a baby face promo and it was like, it just wasn't happening. And then it got weird. When uh, what was it? Uh, American Top Team came out, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I was like, okay, what's Dan Lambert doing? And then he was saying all that shit, and I was like, oh, like this man's trying to cut a babyface promo. Y'all have Lambert come in, shit on the man, which you know he's shitting on him so bad, it's like killing his, you know, it's. It, killing the baby face promo that he's trying to do and it's i don't know it was weird especially when they brought up the oh you're wearing that belt we oh yeah because yeah pretty like, much oh, dan lambert kissed the tnt belt and then sammy was like when you uh he's like i know we live in your hair rent free but if you know what we did while wearing that belt um we live in your mouth too and then i was like you talking about you fuck with the belt on my guy it, when I heard that, and nutted on it, <laughs> that's the thing. I'm like, did you, did you, did you nut on it? Like, what? Why? Who? It made me think of the alleged photo of Paige because that I, wasn't an alleged photo. I've seen those photos multiple times. Look, hey, I, no, I, I'm not saying I viewed that because that would be very wrong and you know not cool. But if you know. If what I'm thinking about them photos is what I'm thinking about, that's what I mean, you think about it. Well, then they released the day. Well, then they released a photo afterwards with like them laying in bed and Ty wearing the dang title over her bare coochie. Right. <laughs> so, like, yo, I'm like, didn't Roderick Strong do this in NXT and Velveteen Dream made fun of him for it? Like, I don't. I'm like, girl, you somebody tweeted. I wish I had my phone because I can't really get because I can't really get on Twitter on my laptop. But somebody was like, somebody, "This one girl was like, yo, Ty put her bare ass coochie on the title." <laughs> she was like, "I'll need a burner or something." It's like, uh, uh-uh. uh. <laughs> I was like, "I'm not wearing that thing." Just the fact that you made a joke about fucking with the title or around the title and getting nut with the title on like, like yeah just nah like i would never touch the belt again i'd have to wear gloves and you gotta retire that belt that's what you gotta, <laughs> you gotta <laughs> see he wearing two because he has because for whatever reason there's still two tnt belts you you just gotta get rid of both of them to be safe yeah 
Because it'd be like Scorpio Sky. Which one do you have, really? Didn't he have both belts at one time? Yeah, I think he still got both belts. I don't even know. Well, I'm talking about I'm talking about Sammy. Like, didn't Sammy have two different belts? Like he had yeah, he had two belts. He had his belt and then the one that Cody had. Because Cody had the real belt, and then Sammy won the interim belt because Cody had COVID for like a, a week. <laughs> like Cody had COVID for like two weeks, and then they already had a whole interim champion. I'm like, what the fuck? So then they had a ladder match to so then they had a ladder match. And Sammy won that and had both belts. And for whatever reason, he was carrying around both belts. I got into a full argument with somebody about how him carrying two belts does not make sense if it's the same exact title. But I was going to say, I feel like Sammy, Sammy's a dog. And I know my man used both belts. They fucked with both belts. You got you to get rid of both belts just to be safe. <laughs> just to be safe. Like, I don't know. I tweeted. I'm like. I feel like when AEW brings up relationships and never goes the way they want, like this apparent right now, this not many people are feeling this Ty Sammy thing. People hated Cody and Brandy together on screen to the point that Cody and Brandy allegedly left and re-signed with WWE. Even though that wasn't really a reason. There's a lot of reasons for apparently why that happened. And then Aaron Solo's heat was murdered the second QT mission that he used to date Bailey. So it's like what the fuck. Now Bailey out here living her best life with her girlfriend Aaliyah. She's going out here today in basketball games and stuff. I'm like, bro, I don't even know how it came across, but I think it was like a basketball account and they tweeted it. Or it was a Brooklyn Nets fan account or something like that. They tweeted that. And I was like, they really at the basketball game? And I was like, damn, is that Bailey? And I was like, nah, that ain't. This is right there. Like, is that uh, Bailey? Like, bro, walking? Like, I'm, I'm just, telling you, look, this is gonna be incredibly sexist. But out of the four horse women, I know Rike's favorite is Sasha, but Bailey got that wagon. <laughs> That's supposed to be why I follow Bailey around. I'm like, one, she good in the ring, and she don't get enough respect. Y'all need some disrespecting Bailey, but she got that wagon and them heavies. So I was going to say, you know, since the podcast is all about body positivity and, you know, we vary with the times and whatnot, <laughs> I will say that out of the four horsewomen, yes, she, she got that wagon. She, she, what, what's the word? It's not thick, but she is filled in the right areas. You know what I'm saying? She's not like a toothpick. She's not no. completely skinny, you know, but she's not like someone who got love handles, you know, someone like me. <laughs> so, you know, or not noticeable love handles because I mean, all women have, you know, a little gut. Yeah, so you got to we need to have. Uh, apparently she asks, what is his name in AW now? Dax. She asks Dax about like. Brett matches yeah. and he oh, sent yeah. that mess in like six seconds. So like here, watch these Brett matches. I'm like, Bailey gonna come back the most technical woman in the division. Right. Watching these Brett matches. And I was gonna say, as a Brett super fan, I had seen all those matches that he had posted. And I was like, oh dang, I thought he was gonna surprise me. <laughs> Alex said, I'm disappointed in your match choices. They were too predictable. Two of those matches had Taker in it. Yeah, the one at One Night Stand and the one... Did he put Survivor Series 97 on there? I can't remember. 
Because I know he put a Macho Man. He put. I want to say. Here it is. He put WrestleMania X with Owen. SummerSlam 97 with Taker. Uh, Saturday Night's Main Event in 87 versus Savage. One Night Only against Taker. Survivor Series 95 with Diesel. King of the Ring 94 against Diesel. And Rumble 93 with Razor. So he hit them. Hits. Yeah. That. If I remember right, that was technically uh, like the matches on the first Bret Hart DVD. Probably <laughs> what he was watching. He was like, here. Yeah. Watch, watch the classic. Like, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Uh, so what do you think, Rike? Oh, what's up? This <laughs> <laughs> man completely tuned out. Yeah, I... Um, shit, I did. I was... I was shooting a video for New Texas before we went on, and I'm like looking at the editing right now. Mm, this mo- this motherfucker. We in the middle of recording. He gonna edit other shit. That's exactly how black people black people do. I didn't I didn't edit the video myself, but I was just looking. I was reviewing the footage. But wait, I heard y'all were talking some about Bailey. Bailey got them sluggers on her. and something else like that. She got the wagon and she got them heavies. Also, actually, I did want to ask you. Oh, actually, I want to mention something um, to you. I know you don't like Moxley as a worker, rather, uh-huh. but he and Dragon are officially a tag team now with Regal, mm. and they're calling themselves the Blackpool Combat Club. Oh, shit. Yeah, so, so Regal, their manager, um, I guess maybe they might recruit more people. And maybe the way you get in is let Regal slap the shit out of you. Because <laughs> he slapped because I saw the gift. He slapped the shit out of Riddler Utah like last week. And Utah got like all up in his face, like pissed. I mean, as you would be if an old British man just sucked the dog shit out of you for no reason. Um, so they're teasing that he might join. I know people in here were telling us Cesaro should join if he shows up in AW. But I'm like, that's an interesting okay. combination. Um, what are my thoughts? It sounds interesting, actually. Um, no offense to Tony Khan and the creative heads in AEW, but this thing will work if they let Brian and Regal just put their ideas in it and just have them put it together the way they saw fit. Because on paper, it sounds like a cool act. Like I like those three as a group alone like i wouldn't even add anybody else to that i mean if you do add somebody add somebody young to the group but um i mean i yeah. like i like well not co not cohesion that's not the word i guess synergy and like different things so like i'd add a female to it but i don't know what female you'd add to that just to cover all bases but are we talking like within AEW female or somebody that could bring in to AEW? I mean, okay, if you expand it that way, like currently from the roster who I would put in there, it'd have to be somebody work-wise on the level of Dragon and Moxley. You can't just throw anybody in there. Like, you can't just throw, like, I don't know. Can you throw the professor in there? Serena D? Yeah. She'd be perfect. Perfectly <laughs> honest, Serena D would be perfect to throw in there. Um, Her or Thunder Rosa or, like, um, is, is Jade ready or no? Jade like Jade, Jade is great. Thing. Like yeah, she's she's fine doing her own thing. Jade is great 
as a presence. She's still mad green in the ring, but her like her aura and her presence and her talking game pretty much like it kind of it, it kind of makes up for it. So, but I wouldn't I wouldn't put her with it. She's fine doing her own thing on her own. She'll need to be with them. But like Serena D would be a good fit. Thunder Rosa would be a good fit. If you want to use somebody young, um, I hear Layla Hirsch is solid. What about one of the Japanese women? Because you know we love our Japanese women. Shoot, the only one I can deserve the <laughs> old fact than anybody. Facts, especially in AEW. Um, only one I could see would be like Hikaru. Really? What about uh, Ito? Maki Ito? No, she throw the whole vibe off. I like Maki Ito, and I'll talk about why. <laughs> When I go over this Grand Princess 22 show, but I'm like Maki with her character would throw the whole vibe off. Because this this portrayed is like a serious group that will just beat the shit out of you. And Maki really don't give that vibe. Her whole thing is strongest idol, love of God of love and piss and like all that shit. She throw the whole vibe off. So I was I was gonna say, but I feel like that's a closely related thing for like John Moxley. Well, actually, no, no, no. I was going to say not Pitt or not, you know, uh, since he's sober. I mean, like, it used to be kind of close to it, I guess. But, yeah, now I guess it wouldn't really pan out too well. Yeah, but Maki, I don't think she'd fit. But, like I said, Serena Deeb and Serena Deeb and Thunder Rose would be my top two picks if they added a female into it. Like Rike said, they probably don't need to add anybody to them, at least for a minute, if they're going to keep them together for a while. Yeah, just have just let them three rock and have Danielson and uh, Moxley win the tag titles at some point. Speaking of Thunder Rosa, I told her to sit her ass down Saturday night, and I felt damn good about that. Damn, you Vicky Guerrero her. What? <laughs> she, yeah. Oh. Yeah, oh, yeah, like, hold on. I'm going to get a character real quick here. Let me tell you what this Jazabelle did. She had Jazabelle. She had the audacity to come to the house that Max Heist built. And cheer for her son, who is in the process of getting his ass kicked by the supreme athlete of sports entertainment, Max Heist, the Lone Star, Lone Star, Lone Star, Lone Star, Lone Star champion, Max Heist. He has the opportunity. The kid is 16 years old. Max Heist gave him the, the, the honor of being able to go to school Monday and tell his friends, hey, guys, I competed for my first championship. And guess what? I got my ass kicked by Max Heist. <laughs> And let me tell you something. That was the best ass kicking I've ever gotten in my life. You see, Max Heist gave Anakin Rosa the ass whooping that his mama should have gave him when he was a child. Now, she had the audacity to get up there, camera phone out, talking about stuff. Go me home. Go me home. So I did what any respectable man would do in a situation like that. I walked over there and told her to sit her ass down because she needed to. She was in a steel cage match Wednesday night, barely won a damn title. So I was doing her a favor, telling her to sit her ass down. Shit. Now, she bowed up to me. Now, any woman that takes thumbtacks to the back and gets thrown into a cage or whatever her and Britt Baker did to themselves, I'm going to run away from her, almost busting my ass. But that's beside the point. That's beside the point. I told her to sit her ass down. And you want to know what she did? It took her a little bit of time, I'll admit. But she sat her ass the fuck down. Now. That's, that's my guy, Rike Gilmore. Yeah. I let her know who the fuck was boss. God damn it. Sure showed her. Yeah, I sure did. Shit. Almost busted my ass. But damn it, she heard me say, sit her ass down. 
And you want to know what I heard when I got to the back? You want to know what I heard? Some motherfucker had the audacity to tell me, you got some balls on you telling Thunder Rosa to sit her ass down. Bitch, I'm <laughs> Rick motherfucking Gilmore. If I tell somebody to sit their ass down, they sit the fuck down. And if they don't sit the fuck down, guess what happens? What happens? I'm going to ask some goons to make them sit the fuck down. On some hey. JD shit. <laughs> hey. I told her to sit her ass down. Make her sit the fuck down. And guess what them goons going to do? They're going to make her sit the fuck down. Now, I'll give the kid credit. He he put up a good fight. He lost, but he put up a good fight. I mean, I don't know what the hell he thought he was going to do. What, you going to go back to high school and tell your friends how you won this championship? Nah, bro, you ain't even got no hair on your face, no hair on your chest. Shit, we shot a promo and the damn dog was barking in the background because the dog didn't think he had a shot in hell to beat Max Heiss. He wanted to know something he didn't. <sighs> I'm ta- I'm tagging I'm tagging her in this when we put it up. <laughs> well, I told her to sit the fuck down. Well, I told her to sit her ass down. Yeah, I, I, I'm shout out to Thunder Rosa. I am she deserved okay. better on Wednesday. I heard about what happened on Wednesday. She deserved better. Um, like I said, I don't watch that in my weekly, but I know how Robert and we joked about every new dude having to go through Team Taz. That's what it seems like. And it seems like apparently every new women's champion has to fight Nyla Rose first. Because Nyla Rosa couldn't even get two words out before Vicky showed up. Vicky Guerrero. And apparently they were, uh, she was yelling at her, talking about a green card and how she wasn't legal, which I don't, I don't know how I don't know how Tony can't approve that, but whatever. Like, and then Nyla Rose jumped her. She was like, "I got my citizenship here in Texas," or she was like, "I got it in Texas. I'm an American citizen," and I couldn't even watch it. Like, like Vicky, I, just, I I heard the promo, like I heard the segment, and I was like, "Yeah, I ain't putting my eyes on that. I'll listen to it. That's about it. I know it's gonna be the shits." Which I saw some people on Twitter talking about, oh, it's time for Vicky to go, and uh, Nyla should be by herself and be a baby face. And... What? Nah, she's better at heel. I can't imagine Nyla Rose as a baby face. That'd be weird. Man, look, I, I don't watch the show, but I, I often feel like wrestling needs, like, well, especially in a women's division, wrestling needs, like, a big girl that can, like, throw people around. Like yeah, you need those. Like um, you need a monster. You need a monster heel. Impact has the impact has the glorious, gorgeous goddess Jordan Grace. Um, NXT still has Raquel Gonzalez, even though they need to move her up already. Raw has Rhea. SmackDown doesn't have. A monster female, which is exactly why they need Raquel. And AEW has Nyla Rose. And Nyla Rose has not felt like a native beast in like two years, to my knowledge. Like, yeah. I remember when what AEW was first on or whatever. She, you know, I remember hearing about her and I was like, okay, that's cool. But, you know, like I said, that was two years ago and ain't shit really like kind of like continue with her like that. I didn't know. I'm looking up stuff on Vicky just to get more into it. I did not know she uh, she got remarried in 2015. That is news to me. I didn't know that either. But good for her. Because you can't <clears throat> I mean, you can mourn forever, but 
it's not really good for you. No, no, it's not. Rike, quick question. When you was going off on Thunder Rosa, letting her know what's what, was mm-hmm. she behind the guardrails? You know what I'm saying? The, was she in the, you know, the paid fan section? Like, was she a fan of the show or was she involved in the show? She was Thunder Rosa, AEW Women's Champion, supporting her child in the process of getting his ass beat. But now, nah, to answer your question, she was sitting in the crowd. Oh, and there was, there was oh, no guardrail. So, so, okay, okay. Is there, footage, the is there footage of this encounter? Uh, For a shoot, I honestly can't remember if there was a camera on me. Which is I, actually, hope, I hope someone was recording it, though. But Yeah, which is good on my part because you're you're supposed to like pretend like there's no camera there, so it's pretty good that I forgot that. But oh, I was gonna, I, I was bringing that up because I was like, whoever told you that you had some, you know, balls mm-hmm. that you said that to Thunder Rosa mm-hmm. is tripping. Because wouldn't you normally do that to somebody? Yeah, a fan. You know what I'm saying? Just mm-hmm. someone, in, you know, someone in the crowd being, yeah, ridiculous. And for Rike Gilmore, the character, like. Verbal assault is rated E for everyone. Everyone can oh, get this. Word. This verbal assault oh, yeah. E for everyone. <laughs> yes, like kids, women, men, senior citizens. I don't give a fuck if you're in a nursing home. If you are at the show, you know, exploring shit outside of the nursing home, like old folks tend to do from time to time, and you boo Max Heights, I'm gonna let you know what the fuck is up. I don't care. Get your grandkid. I beat his ass too. <clears throat> that's big. That's that's some G shit. Rike Gilmore, yeah. the character, that's a real one. I Rike mean, spe- Gilmore, the person, also a real one. Speaking of characters, uh, Seth Rollins. Currently, I've seen two different views on this. Whatever this trajectory for Seth Rollins is going into WrestleMania, some people say it's really good. Other people say it's not good. I haven't seen much of it, so I can't really comment on it. All I know is that this man really needs a WrestleMania match, and the prevailing rumor is that it will be Cody. Yeah. Um, I like it. Um, it's actually it's one of the most compelling stories they're telling going into the event, because, and it's smart on their part, too, because if you're a new fan and this is your first WrestleMania, right? Mm-hmm. What this storyline is doing is it's selling people on the importance of the event, which in the last couple of years, depending on who you talk to, WrestleMania just feels like another show. But when you have a guy who's willing to do whatever it takes to get on the show, it tells you a new fan or an old fan, like, damn, you know, it might not feel that special anymore, but damn, that guy's making it feel special. For me. Well, John Cena did it a few years ago, too. He didn't have a match because he had... How, why didn't he have a match? He lost the title at one point, right? So he didn't have a match going into Mania. Um, I and, think that was, what it was. and that was when he kept calling out Taker? Yeah, he came back. He lost a Rumble. And I think he was in the Elimination Chamber. He lost a Chamber. So he lost two opportunities to be on WrestleMania. So what's another way to get on the show? Call out The Undertaker. So, um, But Seth, I don't know. I'm not saying John did a great job doing it too, but Seth is like taking it to another level. Like he's losing his fucking mind. (laughs) 
because he's not yeah. on this. Like he just randomly tried to be like, well, I want to fight Edge. So AJ, I'll fight you to fight Edge. Yeah. And then Edge came out and hit AJ with a chair, one, to fuck with AJ, and two, calling back to him and Seth's feud because he don't like Seth any, he don't like Seth either. He's like, but y'all want to fight you. <laughs> I want to fight AJ. So. Yeah, I was going to say, he was even interrupting, you know, segments and matches. Mm-hmm. And if I was a new fan, I would have been like, oh, shit, this man's really obsessed with getting on that show. You know, the, the biggest, most spectacular, most stupendous WrestleMania. Apparently, um, his match with Styles was produced by Michael Hayes and Petey Williams. He's apparently, Williams? Yeah, apparently Vince is like getting is getting praised highly right now hope, from Vince. I, I hope that people who insists other produce who apparently apparently according to Fightful, Sean Ross Sapp, uh apparently Petey Williams' work has been getting praise from higher ups, including Vince, who insists other producers call him Pete. So but like I I like Seth's work going into WrestleMania. Um I don't Aside from it being a banger of a match, I don't really get the infatuation with Seth and Cody having a match, but it's it's the match itself will be fire, I'm sure. I mean, it's it's fucking Seth Rollins. I mean he I don't I don't feel like he gets enough credit for his in ring stuff, but I've never really seen a bad well, yeah, I haven't seen one bad Seth match. But most of the time he hits home runs. I was gonna say I feel like Seth, if they do have a match, I feel like on Seth's side it'd be good, mm-hmm. but I'm not too confident about you know Cody Rhodes being yeah. on that kind of stage, especially with the marquee name like Seth Freaky yeah. Robbins. Because I mean, well, I mean they're gonna have a good match because if they if it happens because Seth is good and Cody's good, so they'll have a good match going in. Yeah, or, it's not they'll have a good match. I, I'm. I, I think I misspoke. I, you know how the, like, you, I don't know if they'll click. That's what it is. I don't know if they'll click. You know, like how Randy and Bray had their matches and it didn't click. Well, Cody and Seth have had matches before. Oh, yeah, I know. But, like, it's, like I said, it's, Cody's been out of the company, what, five, almost five years, six years, something like that? True. But it's not like he hasn't wrestled in that time. Now, I get if you, oh, yeah. like, if he took a break from wrestling altogether and wasn't doing nothing for, like, four or five years, but he's been wrestling that entire time. If anything, he's gotten better wrestling with everybody he's been wrestling with since he left WWE. So from a, from a, from a trainee perspective too, like they both run wrestling schools. So it'll be a good match for the students to study as well. So that's another thing to think about. That's a fun conversation. Who has a better wrestling school? Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know who Cody's students are, really. And I think Dustin and QT mostly run that thing. No, Dustin has his own school, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he doesn't got his school. He doesn't got his own school. But like QT and Cody run that thing. I don't even know any other students. Granted, the only Seth student I know is Nick uh is Nick Fraser. Not Nick Fraser. Um in UK. Uh Fraser. I forget his first name. Nate? Nate Fraser. There we go. Um, Nathan Fraser. Nathan. There we go. Nathan. Oh, yeah, he's a student of yeah. Seth. But yeah, there's one guy that um Max does shows without a Uvalde. His name's Exotico. He got trained by Seth as well. 
most of his students, from what I've heard, they're all they're all good. It's kind of like book, like you don't really hear anything bad about any of your book students. Well, a couple of them you do. In ring like, wise, they, oh, they all okay. yeah, they all hit in the ring. Like if you put a show together and you have anybody from that school, you you have you're guaranteed a good match out of them. So <clears throat> it's the same thing with Seth students too. You don't really hear anything bad about him except that one dude who did a match and he had a hoverboard in the ring. I thought that was dumb. But other than that, <laughs> like he did God, a hoverboard. Yeah, he did a spot where he um, brought a hoverboard in the ring, and I can't remember what he did. But once I saw the hoverboard come out, I just stopped watching. I've seen enough. I mean, speaking of Fraser, real quick, he's been climbing up. I mean, he was Valter. He was handpicked to be Valter's final match in UK, mm. and he recently faced Ilya for the UK title. Yeah. Oh, and William Regal also praises Seth's training as well. He said, uh, anytime I hear somebody got trained by Seth Rollins, I'm always excited because Seth is so good. Yeah, he is. He's he's always been good. Yeah, some who, who was it? I don't know why I don't know why the IWC and that'll just lead into our one of our big topics. I don't know why half the time they'll compare like certain people like in wrestling. It's like in I mean, like, okay, it's always fun to compare people to people, you know. Mm-hmm. But some people will be taking it way too serious, to be honest. And I ain't going to lie. Sometimes I get in that mode and I shouldn't. But what was it? Somebody said uh, um, someone had a hot take. They were like, I stand by my. And I agree with this take, though. They were like, I stand by my scorcher last week that Dolph is better bell to bell than Adam Cole. I'm like, I'll give you that. I like Adam Cole. I've liked him a little bit less since he joined AEW because he doesn't feel as good as he was. He doesn't feel as important as he was in NXT when they literally built the entire brand around him at one point. But I'm like, oh, I'll give you that. Some people were talking about how Dolph isn't better than Seth. I'm like, I'm not, not Dolph isn't better than Seth. Dolph isn't better than Adam Cole. I'm like, he kind of is. And then you got Ric Flair with his hot takes this week. <laughs> talk about ain't no way Brian Danielson is better than AJ Styles. I'm like, look, I love both of those men, but come on now. <laughs> like, come on, Rick. Yeah, yeah, one thing we don't do is like disrespect Brian like that. <laughs> like, for yeah. real, come on, Rick. I know you got a I mean, soft spot in your heart for AJ because that was your pro, you try to make him your protege in impact, but. Oh. <laughs> But um, I don't know. I it's like I used to say back when, back in the two thousands, right? I, I think a lot of people will say like the best wrestlers from that decade were probably what Kurt and Sean. Mm-hmm. So we talked early early two thousands or late two thousands, all the way through because like throughout the two thousands, Kurt can still knock one out the park. It wasn't until like what twenty twelve he started slowing down. Yeah. But, um, for like the, for the entirety of two thousands, he was he was still putting out bangers. Um, like I think me and Robert talked about this too in high school. He's like, "Who do you think is better?" I was like, "Man, they're both great in their own right." I was like, "They're both hell athletic." So I mean, I wouldn't try to say Sean is better than Kurt. I wouldn't try to say Kurt's better than Sean. But like Shoot. Rick, I mean, I'll say this though. I don't know if nineties Kurt. I don't know if. 
Kurt can hang with 90 Sean if Kurt had a debut in 96. That's my will. But as far as Brian and Styles, I'm like, <clears throat> I would say psychology-wise, Brian was always good. AJ's psychology got better as time went on, but Brian's always been. That's what I always put Brian above everybody else. I mean, come on now. That man came back from a career th- career-ending injury, mm-hmm. right? And how long did it take for him to completely turn the whole crowd against him? Shit, what, nine months? Exactly. <laughs> like, it, like me being dumb, I was like, ain't no way they're going to turn him heel. Nobody's going to boo him. Lo and behold, <laughs> nine months later, around that time, they started booing the hell out of that man right when he took the title from AJ. Yeah, like, it worked for like an entire year. Like, he, he stayed that way. I wasn't so sure about it myself, but it it worked. And then he made that hemp title. That title design is still <laughs> that title design is low key goaded. I ain't even gonna lie. That's such a flex. They need to put that title in two K twenty two. Call it the eco friendly belt. Like, right? This man was so environmentally friendly. So, you know, so conscious to animals. Can you, you imagine know, him trying to pitch too. that to Vince? Like, can you imagine? He's like, all right, okay, all right, Vince, here's my idea. I'm going to – Vince probably had dang PTSD. He said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to throw the WWE title in the trash on SmackDown and unveil a new belt. Vince probably got, un, like, unconsciously triggered thinking about a Lunder Blaze. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Vince out here undoing his tie real quick. He said, what? You're going to do what? He said, yeah, I'm going to introduce this new title. It's going to be made out of hemp and rhinestones and wood. Probably had to use his own money, maybe, to get that thing made. And and as Rike illustrated, belts don't just get made super quick. So they had that plan for a minute. Mm -hmm. Because you got to think of all the... um, So we had to get that to the belt maker, what, maybe a couple months in advance. So they had already had this planned out. Yeah, because especially like custom belts, like shit. Especially one that, like a regular leather belt, like this Lone Star title, it took like, let me see... I put the deposit down in December and I got it in March. So that's like the average length of time it takes us to get made. I can only imagine how long it took to put something like that together. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> God bless whoever made that. <laughs> right. Because they had a hell of a hell of a task. Yeah. Because like you're doing something that's never been done before. Like you're making a belt out of material that, you know, doesn't typically get made. Like yeah, in that in that fashion. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, I'm just wondering how, like how y'all were saying earlier, like that D. Bryant was just like, "Hey, Vince, listen, you know how I'm not vegan, but um, vegetarian, or you know, like, was it still when he was doing that, or was it after when he was still like the vegan health guy or whatever it was with the beard? Or am I thinking too far or too?" What are you saying again? Like when he when he, like when he brought when he debuted the belt, was he still like yeah, he was the planet's vegan? champion thing. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because he unveiled right. the belt, he won the belt. Um when, let's see. not at WrestleMania. He won the belt in November from Styles. That was when he turned heel. And then he unveiled the new title. In January, 
and Kofi beat him. Um, when was it? In March. So, yeah, he had that belt for at least two, three months. Yeah, I was about to say that's a big. I don't know. I wouldn't. That's a big thing to do. Make a a like a belt for somebody. Yeah. Especially, oh god, especially with with his like with with that gimmick at the time that he was doing, mm-hmm. like that's such a neat like target audience that y'all are about to please. Like, yeah. Um, speaking of custom belts, the legendary story I always heard was um the way the smoking skull belt came to be was Steve didn't like that that uh what are they the called wing the winged eagle he didn't like no he. The big eagle, that's what they call that. Which that was the that. one that cut him? The the big eagle. Okay. The one that, and he didn't like that belt. So he didn't even ask Vince or anything. He just had that belt made. It came in the book. <laughs> like that's that's a story that I heard. And I was like, that that sounds like something Steve Austin would do. Like just pull up to work with a new belt. I ain't gonna tell you I got it. Look, here it is. I ain't carrying that other piece of trash. Pull up I mean, to the pull up to work with my belt missing. <laughs> <laughs> For real. I'm like, damn. I mean, it, that's kind of like how I am too. I'd rather ask forgiveness than admission. Like just do shit. Don't even ask. Just just do it. The only person I don't do that with is my mom. But uh yeah. I I always get a kick out of that story. I was like, if it's true, I can believe Steve would do something like that. Because I mean, what's what's Vince gonna say? No, you're my biggest box office attraction right now. No, you can't come in with your own custom belt. <laughs> I mean, it fits his character. You just do it. Yeah. Fuck out of here. I was about to say that's some that's some big league shit though. Like mm-hmm. only Steve Austin could do that. You don't see the Undertaker doing that. Uh. Uh-uh. Like I didn't mind the spinner belt when John Cena was um with John Cena. I didn't mind it then. But when it became like the permanent title, I was like, okay, y'all just doing too much right now. Yeah. Yeah, that, like, that was whack. That was around for what three, four years longer than it needed. I was about to say, I'm like, that makes us around for a while. Yeah, yeah, like I don't I don't mind custom belt. I just don't I just feel like it's a custom belt for a reason. When you have Randy Orton, Triple H, The Undertaker. Well, I don't think The Undertaker held it. When you have Edge and Jeff Hardy hold it, it's like, it don't even say champion. It just says champ. The only WWE thing they do different is change the, the side plates and they'll give them the logo. That's the only thing they do now. They ain't, they ain't, they ain't wasting no more money. I, I Not hate, for a belt that they'll use for God knows hate, what, weeks to a few months. Yeah. I hate how they've gotten lazy with their world titles, though. Like, it's just a big WW. Like, it's, get, basically, it's basically like a pentagram. I get yeah. it. I get why. Like, marketing is good, but like. Yeah, I get it's like It's like UFC. That's how I see it. Yeah, I. Me, I like classic belts like the Wing Eagle, the Undisputed, Big Gold. When they came up with that, I was like, y'all just really stopped giving a fuck, didn't y'all? Well, Undisputed, to me, is still my, one of my favorite titles on the Undisputed belt. But that mess was only around for like three years. Yeah. <laughs> like It got unveiled in 2002, and then once John Cena got it, he just changed it to the spinner belt. Yeah, I heard Vincent liked that belt. 
What's Undisputed Belt? Yeah, I don't, I don't know why, but I, I, I love that title when I saw it because I never liked the Attitude Era belt. Never did. I, I, I hated it. Um, not because I was a big Steve Austin fan and because he hated it too, but like as I've gotten older, I'm like, this shit is so plain compared to the Wing Eagle. Like this shit is so plain. Like right. just. <clears throat> Now that I'm thinking about it, that's probably like my my least favorite time period for that type. Like for the WWE title is probably from when it was that big old circle. Yeah, I, I hate that. Um, I'll be looking at the photos from back in the day. I'm like, damn, that thing is fucking humongous. Mm-hmm. Like, like that takes up half your chest. Hey, yeah, they and they don't do like they do now, where they have like multiple WWE titles in case like one good one starts to get dull. They have, they have like whoever makes them now, make them a fresh belt so that way it looks good on TV every time. Back then, they just had one belt and had one belt went everywhere. (laughs) Like speaking of just title belts and stuff, like uh, some people like the new U.S. I hate the new U.S. title. (laughs) That thing looked ugly to me. I didn't mind it at first, but as time wore on, I'm like, yeah, this it's it's just it's too much. Like some people talking about the, the old version of the title was over the top and very outdated. I'm like, it's literally has the U it has the flag on it. I'm like, I like the old version of the US belt. Mm-hmm. I even like the WCW version of it. Yeah, I actually like the W I actually would have preferred them just to go back to that version or just you know keep the other one. I mean, I get it, like that design had been around since 03. <laughs> Right, but, and I think that was like the updated version of the WCW one, which was—I mean, it looked—it looked, you know, pretty close to it. I mean, I feel like that yeah. was a, a good, you know, next step for like the, the new one. The new design to me just looked like a toy, it just looked ugly. Like the old one, I'm like, it looked good to me. Just the plate has the, you know, the flag. It's it has decent color composition on it. You know, the red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's easily recognizable. You can see it. You know what it stands for. You know what it is. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why people don't apparently didn't like it. I'm like, it looked good to me, but I don't know. The IC belt. A lot of people hate on the new IC belt. I think it looks fine. It's all right. Um, it looks like um, I forgot what logo it was. Is it the Versace one? It, the yeah, Versace it looks- logo. The way it's shaped, it looks familiar to me, and I can't pinpoint where they ripped that from. Oh, oh yeah, it, yeah. Every time I look at it, I'm like, this looks familiar. I Fucking Kooji or something like. Yeah, like, the TNT. Yeah, the TNT AEW's TNT title got way better when they changed the strap. That's literally all they had to do because that red strap was fucking hideous. When they gave it the black strap, it looked ten times better. Speaking of red straps, like when Max won that Kingpin Championship. The first thing I said was, I was looking at it myself. I was holding it. I was like, you want to know something? I never liked colored straps, specifically red straps. But with the right shade of gold on there, it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I told him. I was like, I, I love how this belt looks. And I never, I hate the, I hated the red Universal Championship. I hated it. I just didn't feel like that was the right shade of gold on there. But if you put the right gold on a red strap, chef's kiss. What about the Raw tag team titles? Oh, I hate no, the, both. I, I hate both sets of tag titles. 
I hated them ever since they when Brett brought them ugly penny shits out. I'm like, this is fucking hideous. <laughs> Y'all could have just kept the world tag titles and just made those the main tag titles. Yeah, I didn't even mind the uh the raw smack the raw tag titles and the smackdown tag titles design. I didn't even mind those back in the day. I like those. I especially yeah, like I the like world tag with the black and the red on there. I like and the gold, I like that. And then the yeah, SmackDown ones had the blue on it. Like it's like back then they like tried with the champ. Well, they tried with everything. Set designs, championships, everything. The they streamlined thing. everything. They yeah, need they a new motherfucking focus group is what they need. Because <laughs> <laughs> like I hate like don't get me wrong, WWE minus their camera operating, like WWE's production values are good, right? Oh yeah, there's there's they're stellar. As Eric Bischoff says, they are too pretty. Yeah, like sometimes when I, I I'm watching the indie shows and I watch Raw Monday and I was like, man, I forgot how clean their product is. <laughs> like I'm not gonna lie, have you seen the new AEW Women's Title? Yeah, it, it um that shit kind of bang a little bit. I ain't gonna lie. Once again, it reminds me of something I've seen before. I forgot what title it was. I know it's an older title. It kind of looks like the men's, honestly. Yeah, I, I I have a feeling like Tony talked to like the old heads that are that are working there, and they had influence on. Oh, you know he did. The TBS title don't look bad either. I just I just don't like that it. It's just weird. I just don't like that it's named after the TV station. Yeah, like it couldn't just be the TV title. Yeah, because I'm like, yeah, I don't like that it's named after the TV station. Because um, you never know, because nothing is permanent in wrestling. <laughs> so you never know if they're going to leave TBS at one point. Yeah, Unless they're going to be there forever. Like, what if they leave TBS and go somewhere else? You still call it the TBS title? What if another TV network wants to hold one of your shows? You exactly. Know, like, what they want to be on, what if USA come knocking just to fuck with WWE? Like, we want AEW and WWE on our network. And it's like, you, you still going to be the TBS title? Yeah, it's like, what if you get a deal like how they have? Raw is on USA, SmackDown is on Fox, which I feel like Fox does more to promote SmackDown than USA does. But yeah, well, I I can see why because it's not a it's not a USA show, so why should they promote it? But no, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying like USA doesn't get behind Raw like Fox gets behind SmackDown. Oh yeah, 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 like. You don't Smack see too many commercials no more for Raw uh, yeah. on uh, USA. I'll be seeing when I be having fucking uh, that motherfucking Fox channel on. Mm-hmm. It's like every other goddamn commercial talking about SmackDown. Yeah, SmackDown was probably their, not SmackDown, but Fox is probably like their smartest move because they treat well, they, shit, they put up a billion dollars for it. So it's kind of like they own the damn show. But you know, that was a that was a best deal right there. That Fox deal. I mean, I don't fuck with Fox News at all, but Fox a TV network, like cool. Yeah, I was gonna say Fox is a they are they are iffy company, but you know some of their some of their uh, subsidiaries and you know the other stuff that they do. Not their media, like their news media stuff. That's mm-hmm. just what. That's just so fucking right sided, far right sided, and. All that, but not nah, the mm. TV shows and movies and shit. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, it's good. 
shit. Y'all want to talk about the good old IWC? Yeah, we can get into it. You can start us off. Um, for me personally, even before the Vince interview, I was starting to like take the approach of like not paying attention to social media because I got asked the other day, like, do you ever like go on Twitter and try to see what people are saying about your shows and stuff? I was like, nah. I kind of like stand in the ring and I just really pay attention to Twitter. Like, because there's people that comment on our shows whenever we do live streams on IWTV, but um, Twitter is like a terrible place for the most part. Um, but the, the best way to start this is I've always said this before like, the internet is the best and worst thing that ever happened to wrestling. It's the best because, like, it gave promotions an opportunity to promote and get more eyes on their product. And when that happens, guys that didn't have that exposure get that exposure. And when they get that type of exposure, they get booked in other places. So it was beneficial in that light. And also, these fans, they see, they saw guys like Brian Danielson, Samoa Joe, CM Punk, and guess what they did? They went and told their friends about them. And guess what that did? That boosted ticket revenue. Where social media, like, became the worst was, um, it gave those fans that were booing Brock and Goldberg at WrestleMania that year a place to voice their displeasure and stuff. <clears throat> Some of it is valid. Some of it is like, y'all are overthinking it. Like, damn, I wish he was here on the podcast. But like you and Roberts back and forth in the group chat um, about Ricochet not having a match on the card at WrestleMania. I think the post says something like, WrestleMania is two weeks away and the Intercontinental Champion doesn't even have a match yet. I'll no, it know. was right. It was um it was Ricochet won the title two weeks ago, but he hasn't been on TV and he doesn't have a match for Mania. Mania is almost here. Mm-hmm. So it's like I get like I get it in some sense, like, okay, yeah, the champion should be on TV, but the champion doesn't always have to be on TV. He doesn't mm-hmm. always have to be around. Because, like I said in the group chat, if the champion's always there, he doesn't feel as special. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as him not having a match at WrestleMania, I'm like, well, dummies, he they still have two weeks to put him on the damn show. So just wait a minute. Yeah. Chill. Hold your horses. Yeah. like y'all Shit, are Who so- knows? He could be on the pre-show. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people still count. Some guys, they still count that as being there. I oh, wish it. Yeah, the way I see it, it counts. You've got to walk out there on that stage in front of, I mean, the building is still filing in, but you still got the chance to walk out there and be in that ring. So you could still say, like, yeah, technically I was on WrestleMania. Yeah, you get that WrestleMania, that WrestleMania moment and paychecks mm-hmm. and clout. Right. It's like I said, I'm in a group chat. Um, you. <sighs> There have been so many times where WWE has given them what they wanted. Like a lot of people will point to WrestleMania 35 as like a very satisfying, as a very satisfactory show, right? But they still bitched about it consistently. Becky Lynch won that night. Kofi won that night. Two people that y'all wanted to win won that night, and they still found something to bitch about. Oh, Becky's overexposed. Well, I thought y'all wanted Becky to get more opportunity. You know what I'm saying? So. It's like I said, there's really no pleasing that crowd. So it's really just best to do your own thing. I was going to say, that's why Vince don't, that's why every time someone says something, I'm like, that's why Vince don't listen to y'all. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. Right. Exactly why Vince don't listen to y'all. Yeah. I think, but, I think the IWC is too, 
uh, how should I say? Uh, they're too ravenous. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Like, you know, most, I'd say like 90% of, you know, the IWC is cool. Yeah. Chill. So you got that 10% that just goes wild with it. Mm-hmm. Like, either they're like, they're looking too deep into it. And it's, and it's just like, like you're overanalyzing it. You're reaching for. Yeah, you're reaching for stuff that really isn't there. I don't know where my I, I look at it like this. It's like when I would be in English class and mm-hmm. we'd be reading like Catcher in the Rye and they'd be talking about a particular passage in the book and we'd be like, well, what is the author trying to say? And I'd be like, I don't know. This man talking about a, a lake and some, some ducks. Like, yeah. what is there to say? People put, and then I'd be in class and people would be like, well, this symbolizes this, this, and that. I'm like, what are you yeah. talking about? How? Like, how are you connecting those dots together like that? <laughs> you're, going from, you're going from point A to point F back to point B and trying to make it connect to, you know, point M. That ain't going to work. Like, you know? And, and I miss the old days, too. Like, when you just watch the shows as they happen. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say I think I think social media is giving people too much of a uh, it's like it's too immediate of a like a reply like you're you don't have a like you instantly uh, react to it instead of letting stuff you know sit with you and simmer and then you know like reflecting on it and that kind of thing like people just jump straight to the straight off the straight off the head you know what i'm saying people are shooting from the hip without even thinking and it's you know i mean sometimes it's passionate but sometimes it's just like yo you spout nonsense yeah like here's an exchange because i mentioned this i had this on uh on on twitter on you know at broke hams podcast follow us on twitter It'll help you last longer a bit. Um, so someone put, uh, th- there was a whole thread started. Someone put, I think it's sad that there is an entire audience that doesn't know how good Akira Tozawa is, which is valid because Akira Tozawa is very good. Um, and then someone else put, or Kushida, US promotions seriously do not know how to market Asians. World-class talent buried on a terrible show or drowned in Asian stereotypes. Uh this reply I put was, you must not have been watching NXT during the network era. Asuka, Io, and Kaidi were killing it. And they said, Io's been minimized to no end on an objectively bad show. Kaidi Hojo let you go back to Japan, and Asuka hasn't been seen for months with an injury. But hey, I'll give you the last two, because Kabuki Warriors stereotype were great as a tag team. Um, and they said, but what about Kushida? who was a star in NJPW and the Super Juniors, or Zia Lee, or the garbage gimmicks for Wendy Chu and Saray. Jiro, Dante Chan, Ru Fang, Bo was pushed to the moon, but never got over, so let's exclude him. So is that a comedy relief stereotype? And then I put, the problem, what did I put? I said, problem is that y'all don't want to be patient. <laughs> like, you want everything now, but it doesn't work like that. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Sometimes things that work in their home countries don't work here. Fans are different. You need more. Um, Kushida unfortunately came in at a bad time when NXT was transitioning, which he did. Like, he kind of came in like during the tail end of black and gold, yeah. 
And by that point, the show had gotten like so, which you can see as an indictment to a point, the show had gotten like so UE heavy, where it was kind of like hard to put different people in there because Swerve mentioned that where he was like, Troy was really focused on like his guys at that point that he was building the brand around. So it wasn't much room for other people to get moved in yet. So he said that's how he was different from Sean. Sean was just putting everybody on the show pretty much. <laughs> that's kind of how Hit Row kind of got a bigger start was because Sean was pulling for him too when they started transitioning out. And what was it? I said, when did you was big over with Dakota and Saray is getting gaining traction? Dante Chen and Rufang just got there. And they said Saray was over before the garbage gimmick, which I don't think I'd argue she wasn't because Saray had like three matches. And people liked her, but I'm like, did y'all like her because y'all really liked her? Or did y'all like her because she was Japanese and came in and y'all were seeing like Asuka and Kaidi and EO and her, which isn't fair. So probably the latter. Must have it, it might have been the latter. Not that she's not good because Saray is good, but mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if y'all liked her for her or you know, because of the other three that came in, you're like, ooh, she can be like them. Even though Saray and EO would definitely have been a match I would have done before EO left. But either way, they said Jackie Time hasn't had a win since December, but they're slowly getting over though. Kushida do be dropping losses to people he shouldn't be losing to. Like he lost it, he lost Edris Anofe on the first episode of Level Up. But I'm like, why though? I think Edris Anofe is cool. Him and him and uh damn it, who's his tag team partner? I feel like they're pushing Kushida to one of those, hey, you're the most veteran person here. We, we need you to, you know. Yeah, but he hasn't done much since he got so It's like, maybe you should establish a dude before you be like, all right, you're going to be putting other guys over now. Like, I think we all could agree that he should have took that in a title from Johnny. Mm-hmm. Like, during that second match they had, he should have beat Johnny. I don't know why they didn't give it to him. I, that was weird. They could have just dropped the title to Kushida. He could have kept it for a couple months, feuded with Swerve. Those have been some great matches. You could have had him feud with Escobar. Those have been good matches. And then have him drop it to whoever you're going to drop it to. But I'm like, yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all should let him have the NA belt. Um, and they say any traction for Chu has more to do with Dakota than anything, which I disagree with that. When did Chu? Dumb over. I don't know how, but when she was dumb over in NXT, she, she's like, oh my god, she's like nine one one in ECW in the early, you know, to mid nineties, and then God, she's like, I would say like Al Snow and the attitude, there, you know, because her like gimmick is like do, when he was doing the head thing. Everybody was doing the head thing. Now yeah. everybody is wanting to show up in pajamas and. Fucking have a big ass pillow and shit. Like she, I'm like, why she got a full size pillow? And I'm like, I don't. I'm like, this is a weird shit that they're be doing. That I'm just like, what is this? Who is this for? But it's getting over. This may be for like ten and eleven year old girls kind of shit. Because like, someone was like, Fang hasn't won a single match. I'm like, he just got there. First off. And obviously, some dudes, when they first get there, they're going to drop a bit until they figure out what to do with them. Then they're going to start winning matches. And then someone said, Dante's been winning, but the only thing more obscure than him is the guy he's beating. But he's winning, though. So, like, what do you want? What, what, what right. do you want? Somebody's got to get over. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't jump the line. I mean, sometimes you can. You know, that if you, yeah, if you got a big enough start, yeah, cool, you can jump the line. But it's just like, I don't, it's, it's weird. 
what, I think like, pe- pe- people don't want to, uh, they don't want to slow burn or, you know, just that, like you said earlier, people want it immediately and they don't want to wait for character development, story development, you know, like, I think the, the internet has spoiled the ability to, you know, communicate that, hey, I want this now. Right. Or I'm a bitch. <laughs> and you're going to hear about it. It's like the angry letter. It's like the angry letter, basically, but you're on the internet now. Everybody's got access to the internet. It's like Dragon said at one point in that promo fickle. <laughs> this is really what it is. It's like, there's times where they, it's like also times where they kind of like let Melter and whoever gassed him up, right? Oh, Cody, he put the thing out. Oh, yeah, Cody's got a debut in Jacksonville. That is that. So when he didn't debut, everybody was mad about that. I'm like, well, yeah, for like a yeah, for like a solid month, it was like all of Melter's reports for like a month were like, yeah, they were talking, but now they're not. Yeah, they've been talking a little bit more. He may or may not have signed a deal. I haven't really talked to him. And then it was reported now, which is like he didn't even break the story, but it was like signed a deal, and someone was like, Oh, Melter doing a victory lap about this Cody thing. I'm like how he didn't he just gave a vague nebulous non-answer mm-hmm. so he couldn't be proven wrong either way where it's just like you said cody was gonna show up no no i didn't i said he might you said he wasn't gonna show up no nah, i said he might not show up like it's that's pretty much what it is it's it's like a journalism spin that's what it was he he did the uh he did the old nostradamus thing it was vague enough to make it seem like it was. It's a 50% chance of rain, so it might rain and it might not. Like, <laughs> that's pretty much what it was with this Cody thing. Yeah. And that's what a lot of this stuff is. And then sometimes when you, when it's not even him that'll defend himself at the time, it'll be people who just like straight up just ride him. And then it's just like, uh, plans change. I'm like, how much is it plans change? And how much is it he just got it wrong? Was completely wrong and didn't just, want to admit it. Right. Because I've heard on different accounts, like from a couple people, Bruce Pritchard said it and Vince Russo have said it. Whether you want to believe them, that's if you don't want to, that is completely understandable from both sides. But both of them have gone on record as saying they put fake when they were working in WWE, they put fake info out there to confuse their cheats. They just they would just to fuck with them. Right. Like, well, like what was the rumor going around? What was the rumor going around? Vince is going to have a match with Pat McAfee in Mania, and they're going to set it up on Pat McAfee's interview. That was what people were saying. And then, everybody, okay, then yeah. the internet was running with it, and they were like, oh, really? You got all this young talent on the roster, and 70-year-old Vince is going to be at Mania? And what happened? Vince didn't do set up any match. He just straight up asked Pat, you want a match at WrestleMania? Pat said, yeah, and now it's Austin Theory, and now I'm not even going to lie to y'all. The build-up for that match has been kind of hype. Yeah, that's a build-up. Somebody said that this. It was like, man, someone's like, no one wants to watch this piss break match. I'm like, this match low key got better story in it than Charlotte and Ronda do. Yeah, this is <laughs> one of the better storylines. Like, you got Michael Cole actually sounding like a real person. Right. Like, when Austin Theory first came over there, was talking all that hot shit to Pat, and you had Cole over there actually sounding like an actual co worker. So, Pat, don't let him get to you, Pat. Just calm down. And then they started fighting. And it was a, then freaking McAfee and um, damn, they started fighting. Then um, he had that, then Pat had that damn apology when he said, I'm sorry that I beat your ass on Friday. 
I'm sorry that your parents raised a bitch. Like I'm like, bro, that match going that match low key probably gonna bang. I'm yeah. gonna lie because Pat McAfee yeah. is solid, even though he's only done this twice. Remember his take. And Austin Theory is good. I was saying that way back at the Evolve show when it was on the network. I said that Austin Theory kid is good. But that's also another thing that goes. It's like y'all want Dodi to push on her talent, right? And y'all mad Austin Theory getting pushed. Now I get the narrative where it's like, well, he's well, they're getting pushed. He's getting pushed down our throats. Blah 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, okay, I get that. But like, at the same time, like he's still getting pushed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's not even like a good thing to say. Like he's not really being pushed down our throats. If he was being pushed down our throats, it'd kind of be like that man would have been a, that man would have been like WWE champion already. <laughs> yeah, no, he would have been Roman Reigns level. He would have been like he would have well, had that exactly time that Roman Reigns had. Exactly. It's like what's the thing though? It's like has he beaten a couple people that fans like like Finn? Yeah, he's beaten Finn before, but it wasn't clean. I don't think he beat Finn clean. That was shenanigans. He's beaten a couple guys, sure, but he hasn't won a title yet. Yeah. Like, at all. He hasn't won a mid-card title. He hasn't won the 24-7 title yet. <laughs> like, he just he hasn't won any titles yet. He had that one. That, oh, my God. Speaking of my, I think my favorite thing where the internet got mad was that MSG show. Oh. Oh, People yeah. swore up and down that Cody was going to show Cody's up at the MSG show. You. Cody's going to be at this MSG show. I swear that was the rumor going in through the day. They were like, he's going to win the title. He's going to show up. He's going to be Brock's. He's like what they say. He was going to show up and be Brock's opponent because they were saying Brock was going to have an opponent at the MSG show. Like he was going to be Brock's opponent or he was going to show up and confront Seth. He everybody like people were talking about Cody's going to show up. Then they were live to like people were live tweeting the show. People got mad when Austin Theory was the <laughs> was the, was Brock Lesnar's opponent and got squashed, and people were mad. And I'm like, y'all mad about? It. And then people, I saw people because I was talking to some people, and they were like, WWE teased it, and they lied. I'm like, they teased what? Lied about what? They never said or insinuated that Cody was showing up at all. Never at all. Y'all listen to some of these sites. Y'all read these articles and got yourselves hyped up. WWE never said anything that Cody was showing up. Never, like nowhere ever. They were never like, "Oh, we got a, we got a special surprise for night." No, they never insinuated that Cody was showing up. People got so hyped up that they worked themselves into a shoot. They got so mad about something that was <laughs> never going to happen, right. and then got mad at WWE for it. And I'm like, "What y'all mad at them for?" They didn't tell you nothing. They didn't tease nothing. Right. Y'all just assumed y'all got a little, 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 little kernel of maybe something and ran with it. And y'all got mad when something that was never told you was going to happen didn't happen. I was going to say that stuff's not like that's not like journalism, journalism. Like those aren't like fact Like you can't sometimes you can't like you can't get them sources. Yeah, it's all speculation. Like Like, a lot of it's speculation. Second hand, third hand you know talk and at that point it's you know i think he said this and i think he said that from what i heard from that guy who heard from that guy it's a game of telephone at that point and it's you can't really trust it telephone tell a wrestler like you know some of it's legitimate but at the end of the day it's a lot of it's speculation oh yeah it's like this might happen 
was like, well, the report is still that it's Cody, blah, blah, blah. And they're, there's, they got a private jet made for Cody. So paparazzi don't get him before mania. And I'm like, God, reaching. It, it's crazy, right? I like, gonna, it, I was going to say, I'd say maybe like 90, 98% of dirt sheets just completely like it's, you know, it's just clickbait basically. You know what I'm saying? There is like that, that little 2% that, you know, is. Yeah, there's the mark, maybe like, you know, there's like three maybe four sites that are like more or less accurate, legitimate. And it's like the observer, he's been around this long. He's got to have something right. I've said it before though. When it comes to history, you pretty much ain't going to get better than Meltzer when it comes to that type of stuff. That's just the way it is. Yeah, now when it him and Cornette, what were you saying? It's, like, it's like us, like dirt sheets are pretty much like, okay, I'll say it right now. Right. I could sit up here on the podcast and say, yeah, at the end of night two on WrestleMania, Roman Reigns is scheduled to beat Brock Lesnar for the title. And he's going to celebrate for a little bit. And then The Rock's going to come down, have a face-off, rock bottom. That's how they're going to end the show. I could present that as a fact. But Did you I know just for- spoil WrestleMania for me? Yeah, like, <laughs> see what I'm saying? Like, that's just be speculating and that's what dirt sheets are just speculating like okay this this you know what there's something to that because what was it It, this happened recently too um dutch mantel i forgot what it was he threw a rumor out there randomly on the internet Mm -hmm. and people ran with it yeah okay he said he put a rumor out there that WWE was being sold. That's all he did. He just threw that mess on Twitter. He said, I was born on Twitter one day and put up rumors that had it through Stanford that WWE is being sold to Disney. More details later, and they took it and ran with it. Mm-hmm. Just straight lied. <laughs> Dutch was like, I was bored, so I just said, and I remember that rumor. I remember that rumor. People were talking about that. They're like, Disney might buy WWE. I remember that rumor. Dutch was just like, I was born on Twitter and made that up. And people ran with it. I'm like, that's how easy it is to get some people riled up. It's like more details to come. That's all you gotta say. It's like more details to come. If you got any sort of notoriety, and the people only reason people believed it was because Dutch said it. And it was just a total rumor. I'm like, why would you? I'm like, I know Dutch Mantel, a you know, a figure in the business, but why would you believe that him randomly saying, Oh, WWE gonna get sold to Disney? Like, who who would tell Dutch that? Vince not <laughs> like right. Even if you work there, like I can't believe it. I couldn't believe any of the hieros being like, "Yeah, WWE can sell them to Disney." Dutch, tell everybody. Like, why would they tell <laughs> Dutch Van Tell that? Yeah, a lot of people. Like, the only people that know what's going to happen in that company is like Vince, Nick Khan, Stephanie, and Triple H. That's it. <laughs> Hell, half the time Triple H don't know. Yeah, right. as evidenced by pretty much everything he's gone through in the past two years, like he don't know. <laughs> I was gonna say this this man's last God, I think since the network launched, that man has had like he was on top of the world, and then it's just you'd see them just pulling the rug from him like slowly. And it's but so slowly. sad, breaks my yeah. heart. Um, man. It's one of the biggest, one of the biggest wrestling tragedies of the year. I just, I mean, I've I've seen some stuff from 2.0. It's not 
a bad show. No, I watched your point of this past week. I did want to talk about it a little bit. Like, you know, I think it's starting to find its footing. Like, I, I won't. I thought I was going to go recap the whole thing. I'm not going to. But there was there was a couple standout things or things I didn't like. Um, I like this Persia Parada, Indy Hartwell stuff. I don't give a fuck about that. Them arguing about whose boyfriend is better while Indy's husband, kayfabe. But I'm like, who? I don't care. Duke Hudson, a charisma girl. Duke Hudson, a charisma vacuum. I swear the only reason he's still in. I mean, he's decent in ring ability. He's an okay talker. He looks like a million bucks, but he's kind of got the personality of drywall. First, they gave him. First, he was with Shane Thorne. Then um, they gave him some weird gambler gimmick, and now he's just Persia Parada's boyfriend. Like, I don't. Because they were like, oh, yeah, Index was really hot, which I still don't know why that was like the hottest thing in NXT for a minute was fucking Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis's love storyline thing. What a weird name. Index. That was the ship name. (laughs) That was the relationship name. I I wouldn't have gone with that name. So... Yeah, that was the hottest thing in NXT for a minute. Them segments are getting like millions of views. Those are getting like millions of views. Like, I don't know what it is about like romance stories and wrestling now getting millions of views. Like, remember the Lana Rusev, Bobby Lashley stuff was like super hot, like super viral. Like that, I think that was their most blown up thing. Didn't that segment in the Raw at one point? Mm Mm-hmm. And keep in mind that none of these people involved had a championship at the time. Bobby wasn't a champion. Lana definitely wasn't a champion, and Rusev wasn't a champion. They were fucking main eventing Raw, and I'm like, what? Why? What's going on? Like, and um, what? What? What else? There was like another romance story. Oh yeah, and obviously the Otis Mandy stuff, but that was actually well written. So yeah, no, that I appreciated. That was such such a like curveball to you know anything that had been shown in so long. I was like. Oh, I feel it in my chest. I kind of feel my feelings and stuff. Like, like what's going on? Like, Roderick Strong and Solo Sokoa had a good opening match. Um, I realized I said this when I was watching. I'm like, Roderick Strong is a great wrestler in a sports entertainment company. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. he really is. That match, that match broke my heart. Yeah, I kind of wanted Roddy to win. But I'm yeah, like, Solo Sokoa, the street champion. I'm like, how does one become a street champion? Right. Did he beat up the streets? Like, I don't... It would have been nice if like, we got some vignettes explained. There might have been... I haven't watched 2.0 consistently. <laughs> there might have been some vignettes explaining this. How he's the street champion. He just beat up dudes in the street. Like, I'm the champion or some shit. Like, I don't know. <laughs> he beat the former champ. That's how he became the street champion. He beat the former street champion. So, Sokoa's in that ladder match. Santos Escobar come out looking like the best-dressed man in all of pro wrestling. That man had the swag for days. With that coat he had on, um, I don't. I'm not really thinking much about this D'Angelo and Champa feud because it's so kind of random, and it's just just a way to get Champa out so they can just fully transition to the main roster. I'm guessing. I, I mean, I kind of like. I kind of don't want him to go, but I kind of do because I mean, he don't fit there is, anymore. Really? Yeah. No, he is. He like, definitely don't fit there anymore. He's, he's like the last. He is literally. Is he the last Triple H guy down there? I believe so. Like, completely and totally. Johnny gone. Black is in AEW. All of UE is in AEW. Well, not Roddy. Um, 
Yeah. You know, almost everybody triple H. Well, Seth being gone, but it's like all the uh, main roster. But like, yeah, I think he's like the final like triple H guy. So it's best to get him like when Champa leaves NXT, it really, really, really will solidify that black and gold is forever gone. Yeah. When he leaves. It'd be the end of an era, as they say. Because he was the last remnant. <laughs> like, so. He's, he, he's the last ghost. Of kinda, it's kind of sad, honestly. Past. Yeah, it's, it's a little, it, it tugs on the heart. Um, let's see. Fallon Henry, Henley is joined up with like Briggs and Jensen, and now she got a new ring gear and shit. I'm like, is there gimmick that Duke's a hazard? Like, <laughs> Because they come out wearing damn farmer street clothes and shit. And I'm like, all right. Um, this Draco Anthony Joe Gacy stuff is weird. I don't know what to think about that. Let's see. Robert Roode and Braun Breaker had a very good match. That was surprising. I was kind of taken aback by that match. because I'm like, mad WWE made me forget how f- fire Bobby Roode's entrance theme is. Yeah. I like, was like. Glorious, and I was like, I won't give it. <laughs> it just it made me uh, it made me reminisce. Yeah, but that was a very good match. Um, I mean, I did like I did like one part of the second Indian Persia segment and shit when they were arguing, and then Persia was telling my man can beat anybody, and then Indy was like, <laughs> Indy was like. Uh, you know, your man's Duke Hudson, not John Cena. Persia was like, he could be John Cena too, and Dexter was like. What? <laughs> you saw his face. He was like, the fuck? Like, he didn't say nothing, but his whole face, he was like, this bitch crazy. That's like, <laughs> his face is like, this bitch crazy. Yo, man, could be John Cena. Um, Like I said, Gunther, okay, it sounds much better when you say it with the accent, okay? Gunther, Gunther, this don't say Gunther. This sounds fucking horrible. But it sounds so white. It really when is. you say it without the accent, Gunther, Gunther, yeah. like Gunther, like ugh. you gotta say Gunther or yeah. Gunther, one of the two. Uh, the Chase U segment was funny. Enough. I like, I, I like Bodie Hayward. I like Bodie Hayward, honestly. I think, he, I think he's got something. I think Bodie Hayward does have a little something. Something that the, the, the one with the long hair, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I said, my thing about him is like he's like that big dumb jock like you'd see in like high school movies. But you turn like he's part maybe like he's part of the bully group or whatever. But But you you turn out that help lady across the street kind of yeah, like you find out like outside of the school, he's actually a nice dude, and the only reason he's just like with the cool kids because he ain't gonna know what else to do. He's not that smart. But like he's a he's a good guy. Like that's what he kind of that's the vibe he gives off. Like so you know, yeah, and he's, he's okay in the ring, man. Von Wagner, bro. <laughs> this man went from you thought I thought they were going to transition him into the title picture after he beat Kyle O'Reilly. That man has been doing nothing. <laughs> like, like I mean, it's great that Robert Stone is finally a serious, like you know, a serious fucking manager after like three years of being a joke. But he was serious at first, and then he turned into a joke. And it literally, like, right around it, you can actually kind of pinpoint when he turned into it. Was right around when he was trying to sign Rhea Ripley. That was when he, like, officially turned into a joke when Rhea just embarrassed him on a weekly basis. Um, 
I didn't agree with a kid losing his second match on NXT to Grayson Waller. Like I know their position in Grayson Waller is like a top heel and he is, but I'm like, I, I just didn't like that. A kid lost his second match. Yeah. Cause that like, if I, you know, like he beat Kushida his first week, but then he loses to Grayson Waller his second week. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I was going to say, you know, it's us being fans of his work from the UK, you know, him coming in. Oh, you know, he's a new guy. He's hot, you know, from the UK and, you know, he wins his first match, but then he loses his second. And then, you know, now you got the feeling like, oh shit, he's going to lose his next match. I don't, I think he'll win. I think he'll win the triple threat, honestly. Cause I mean, they, they need, they need somebody to eventually, I don't think he'll face, you know, Braun anytime soon, but like, you know, in, in some time. I was surprised they brought him over. I'm like, of all the people to bring over from UK, a kid. I mean, a kid's not a bad choice, but I'm just like, you know, you got Nathan Fraser. You could officially try to bring over the British strong style, maybe. You could, uh, you could bring over Trent Seven. You could bring over the current women's champion, Mako Satomura. Yes. You could try to bring in like Ava Valkyrie, maybe, or. Like Jenny, bring over Jenny with Joseph Connors. Like, there's people you could have brought. Not saying that AK, again, AK is not a bad choice, but yeah, I would just he's no, he's no Gunther. You know, he's, no, no, he's, no he's no Gunther. Like, but yeah, he was doing his thing in UK. Like, I wish yeah. WWE would promote UK I, more. But I would have said I don't think I would have brought him in as the second NXT, like the NXT UK guy. He'd nah. probably been like my third or fourth. Honestly, you know who I would have brought over. Brian. I probably would have brought over Gallus. Just all three of them as Gallus to do something. Just get three rough and tumble lads and shit from the streets just to beat people up. Right. Just to just to put up the, the, the dukes and just a bare knuckle brawl, motherfuckers. Like, you know. Respects Queensberry's rules and be all gentleman like, but also gritty. Uh, Grizzly Young veterans deserve better. They deserve more. Grizzly Young veterans are great, especially Zach Gibson. But the Creed brothers are also solid. So I said that when I first saw them. I said, "Okay, these Creeds, these Creeds are yeah, they, they can they can do something with the Creeds." Gunther faced Duke. <laughs> so oh I was like, "Man, so I was like, man, Walter don't feel as dominant anymore. He feels like just another dude." I'm like, his gimmick is the exact same. All he did was change his name. And there's more people in 2.0 than there are UK, so he can be featured as prominently as he was on UK. But he's still beating motherfuckers. <laughs> I feel like they're making him talk more too now. You know, like yeah. he talked a few times in UK, but he wasn't on the show a whole lot. Like it'd be, yeah. Walter would go like two, three months without showing up on UK. <laughs> he was their special attraction. He was like their Andre the Giant. Was exactly, he showed up every WWE couple of months. Yeah. He. Showed up every month or two to beat the shit out of somebody and then leave. Right. But he's still, you know, he's so good. He beat the shit out of Duke Hudson. Shot the hell out that man like Boy. four or five times. Cut his chest up. That's it. Now, him and L.A. Knight got into it. L.A. Knight is dumb over. I've said this before. My man needs to get bigger shirts. My man. <laughs> L.A. Knight. Yes. <laughs> My man, I was like, bro, what size shirt is that? Like, that looks like a 
extra large and you you look like you need a three X, man. Like, come on, bro. You getting like he's swole, swole. He big, that boy big, big. I'm like, bro, why are you why are you like this? (laughs) Why are you like this? It's like ain't no need to flex like that. Shit. As soon as he wins the title, he's gonna come out and some expensive ass designer shit. I can already see it. Like it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be a good day. Right. Hopefully he's got a decent title run. Mm, hopefully. Uh let's see. People still booing MSK makes no sense to me, apparently, from what I heard. I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, but um y'all remember Izzy, like the Bailey super fan? Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> from what I heard, the reason MSK gets booed is because her dad was like paying people at one point to boo MSK. Because apparently Nash Carter had said that, because uh, I think there was like footage of Izzy at an indie show getting chokeslammed or something. And she was like freaking 12. So he was like, hey, kids don't even be getting chokeslammed or whatever in the ring. And her dad took exception to that <laughs> and was like paying people to boo MSK, apparently. He, he, he was like, I'm going to send them hitters at you. <laughs> For they going to boo the shit at you. But the thing about it was like, I remember I remember that because not that Nash Carson thing. I remember Lindsay said something about it. this a few years ago. Lindsay also mentioned like, nah, that ain't the wave. And then apparently Lindsay also challenged dude to a fight. Let's say it was like, hey, I got a jujitsu competition or something at this address. Pull up. Yo. And apparently Izzy and Lindsay gonna be at a con at the same con coming up. I think during video weekend. Yo, that's so, be awkward. So everybody like, hey, yo, they said Lindsay about the Lindsay Dorado about to pull up on Izzy Dad. Oh. He gonna run in that fade. That shit gonna be crazy. He gonna run into that man. He said, "I'm gonna see you when I see you." He said, "You gonna be drinking on Starbucks, and that's when I'm gonna catch you lagging with these ones." Whap. The uh, the Dusty final was Kevin Grimes had a pretty good vignette in uh, promo. Honestly, talking about his dad and stuff. Um, and the Dusty Cup final was pretty good too. Winnie Chu and Dakota Kai versus Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray. Shirai and KLR won, and instead of fighting for the tag titles, they want to face Mandy in a fatal four-way because Cora Jade already had a match. Now, from what I hear, the reasons for this are twofold. One, apparently Gigi is hurt. I don't know what her injury is, but apparently Gigi hurt, so that's why they didn't do the tag match. Also, I guess there's some credence to that because there was like a post-match beatdown of babyfaces, but Gigi was like not involved with it, even though she was in the ring like a second ago. Like, all she did was, like, throw, what was it, champagne or something in Kaylee Ray's face, and then JC and Mandy beat them up, and she, like, dipped out the ring. Yeah, slowly slid out of the ring. Yeah, she just moved out the ring. And, um... I mean, that sucks. If that's true. And the other reason is because apparently, like, WWE or Shawn Michaels or whoever, they really want this women's title match to be good. And Mandy and Cora... Mm, I don't know if they'll be able to pull a good one. Mandy is all right, and Cora's still green, so 
Yeah, that's why they threw EO and uh, Kaylee Ray in there, two legitimately proven good workers that can make something out of it. Again, that's what I heard. Yeah, I mean, if you got a, you know, you got four people and three people can work their way through it, that's, I mean, that's a bit, it's better odds than, you know, than what it was before to have a good match. <laughs> Gable Stevenson to Chad Gable. You can't have two Gables. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yo, that's funny. And they're both Olympians. I feel like that's gonna be a storyline one day. Bro, people are rip are people are really ripping apart <laughs> the Sammy Guevara Taikati stuff. Yo, someone hey, put a picture of them together and it was like try to find some charisma in this picture. Spoiler alert, you can't. TK needs to set both of them down, tell them they have zero on-screen chemistry and stop this madness. Yo, I'm going to go find it real quick, but there was something about that that I had retweeted. I forgot exactly who who was in it. Someone had photoshopped um, oh god, Carmelo Hayes. That's, that's what they did. Someone, someone used that photo that they had and was like they photoshopped Carmelo Hayes in there, and they were like, Melo, get out the shot, man. And then <laughs> Carmelo Hayes was like, what the heck is this? That's how I know that shit was blowing up. That Sammy and fucking Ty Conti stuff. I was like, damn, they out here making may 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 Like, oh, they shitting on it. <laughs> Yo, that is wild. Uh, so that is the... Actually, we'll talk We'll mention this stand and deliver car real quick because we got to go over a few more things real quick. No, that's that's the wrong thing because I got to go over that car too. Uh, stand and deliver is what next Saturday? Yeah, yeah. I am interested to see how they're going to do in front of a live takeover crowd again because Jesus Christ, it's been what two years mm-hmm. since they've left the freaking CWC? Like, God. Man, can you imagine if the final black and gold takeover had been in front of an actual like crowd crowd? That would have been a great send-off. That would have been the hottest show, for sure. So uh, we got the five-way ladder match for the North American title. Carmelo Hayes defending against Escobar, Solo Sokoa, Grayson Waller, and Cameron Grimes, A-Kid, or Roderick Strong, whoever was that triple threat. Tommaso Ciampa versus Tony D'Angelo. Mandy Rose versus Cora Jade versus Io Shirai versus Kaylee Ray for the women's title. Imperium versus the Creed Brothers versus MSK for the tag titles. Dolph Ziggler versus Braun Breaker for the NXT title. And LA Knight versus Gunther. Ooh. All in all, on paper, this ain't a bad card, to be honest. Not at all. Weakest match on here would be like Tony D'Angelo versus Champa, but. Yeah, I would say that match. That and maybe the the women's match because I feel like well, you got EO and Kaylee in there, so they should be able to bring yeah. it up a bit. Yeah, yeah, but no, everything else that's a good that's a good pay per view. Did you hear that, Rike? Card. What's up? When I mentioned earlier why they're doing this fatal forward for the women's match. Oh, because uh, NGG injured or something. That's the rumor. I don't know what injury she got, but yeah, hopefully it don't last too long. GG is. Winky face, winky face, winky face. GG way too bad. But anyway, 
uh, like I said, I'll be very interested to see how that shakes out. Marcel, since we didn't record last week, do you still want to talk about the uh, the Joshi promotion that you? Started yeah, because I yeah because I literally just saw that show two days ago. No, I finished it yesterday. I finished it yesterday. I started it two days ago and I finished it yesterday. Uh, Tokyo Joshi, which was a is another Joshi promotion in Japan, had their Grand Princess twenty two show or Grand Princess, you know, twenty twenty two. Like I think that's their big pay per view. So out of sounds like it. Yeah. So I only I literally only knew like three women on this card going in. Yeah, I knew three women on this card. No, four. I knew four. <laughs> this was certainly a, a crash course in a lot of shit. There was a lot. I'm going to this. There was a lot of weird shit on this show. This show was definitely a mixed bag. Was there any karaoke? Like, no. did anybody break? Oh, okay. There was a lot of there was a lot of performances though. I mean, the show started with like an idol performance by like three of the female wrestlers, and I'm like, okay, they were like dancing and singing and shit. I'm like, alrighty then. Uh, the was first Kawhi or no? Sure, yeah. <laughs> it was <laughs> Kawhi as the as, as the people say. As long as that mattered, I guess. I mean, that's that's why it was there. <laughs> Uh, the first match was Suzume and Arisu Endo versus Judia Nagano and Moka Miyamoto. This was like Nagano's debut match. She was okay. She she like used she's she practices Shotokan karate, so she used some of that in her moves. Um, it was a uh, it like I said it was it was a decent opener. Mm-hmm. Suzume pinned Miyamoto after I guess they called it Ring the Bell. I don't know. It had English commentary, so there was that. I called it a standing blockbuster, but it was weird. Like she was doing a running blockbuster, right? But somehow she managed to turn her body all the way around. <laughs> like, in, like when she was spinning around, I'm like, what the fuck is this? And she hit that. Um, there was an eight woman tag after that. Not really much to write home about. It was CJPW versus this other promotion called Gambare Joshi Pro Wrestling. Now, the, here's where shit got weird. Oh, shit. <laughs> Hyper Misao, who is like, I guess her gimmick is she's a superhero or whatever, faced Sanshiro Takagi, who is the owner of DDT. Oh, I thought. <laughs> now, um, Takagi came dressed up as Misao, by which I mean he just wore a pink wig because she has pink hair. He wore a pink wig, a mask like hers, and painted his body like her ring gear. It's fucking weird. So, as this match started, he hits Masao with a chair as a bunch of geeks set up like this big-ass chair pyramid in the corner. Then he chased her up the ramp. They go down the stairs of the stage, and they come back with bikes. I don't... <laughs> like, like, bicycle. They just bicycles. I was not expecting that. I was like, not at all. what the fuck? So, they come back with these bikes. And they ran into each other. Did the bikes have baskets? No, I don't. Did they? They might have. I don't remember. Oh, God. All of a sudden, Takagi finds this glow stick and then starts hitting Misao with it. Then this random woman shows up from the crowd and attacks Takagi and takes her glow sticks back and leaves. You never see this woman again. 
I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Now, for context sake, this is the company I think, I know DDT is, and I think they're part of them too, because TJPW is pretty much an offshoot of DDT. They are going to be partnering with AEW. So, yeah, I heard I heard that news. Yeah, so I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Misao Doe from the Industry on Takagi. That was wild. Then Takagi tried to toss Misao into some plastic containers that were in the ring. But she reversed that, and she pinned him with a diving splash. And then she cut a promo on him, talking about he was ridiculous. But he was still the chairman, and she looked up to him and all that. And she also gave him a Stone Cold Stunner. Now, looking at Takagi, you can't tell me this man ain't a Stone Cold fan because his music starts with the glass break. <laughs> and he does like the Stone, and he throws his hands up like Stone Cold used to. Now, his music isn't similar to Stone Cold. It's like some Japanese rock thing, but it starts with the glass break. I'm like, okay, this dude definitely a Stone Cold fan. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> Don't help that he's bald, too. Like, <laughs> uh... So... Okay, uh, we kind of got semi-serious after this when this woman named Asuka faced Yuki Kamifuku, or Kamiyu as she's called. I automatically gravitated towards Kamiyu because she speaks English, or she knows some English. Apparently, she was uh, she lived in Ohio for a bit. She was raised in Ohio, I think. So Asuka had a dance number for her entrance. Oh, and geez. then Yuki arrived to the arena on a motorcycle, right? She was about to smoke, but then there was like a no smoking sign. Then all of a sudden, this dude rolled up and gave her a bottle of Jack, and she drank some of that on the way to the ring. I'm like, okay. Um, but this was a pretty solid match. I think the story here was like that. Um, I think Yuki looked up to Oscar or something like that, or they were partners at one point. But Oscar pinned her after a moonsault, and they like cut each other after the match. This match was okay. Uh, next match was Nodoka Tenma versus Yuki Aino. They are known as the, they were a tag team known as the Bakuretsu sisters. They also had a fairly solid match. Um, this is like part of Tenma's, um, retirement tour. Cause like, I think in a week, I think next week is her last match or next month, next week or next month is her like final match. And she's like retiring from wrestling, I think. So, uh, I know pinned Tenma with a butterfly suplex and then the sisters, I heard the match. Now, this is where things got ridiculous again. Where um, Pomo Harajuku, Raku, Ram Kaicho, and Monica Kobashi face this woman named Saki Sama, who I instantly became a fan of on her entrance alone. Uh, May St. Michelle, Martha, and Yukio St. Laurent. Now, Saki Sama's gimmick is that she's like this aristocratic chick or whatever. And her entrance is like, I guess everybody that used to be her servant at one point were like lined up and then she just got turned around this big ass chair balling as a motherfucker. I'm like, she, okay, I like her already. Um, she kind of reminds me of like, she looks like, if you see her, I'm like, she looks like the evolved form of Saki Kashima. <laughs> like if Saki Don't Kashima. Like if Saki Kashima digivolve. Like if Saki Kashima digivolve, she'd be Saki Saba. Like, <laughs> you, you finna, you finna make me be down bad. <laughs> You just set me up. This match was now, this match was ridiculous. So um Raku sang to Saki Sama, right? And she put her to sleep. Now she tried to yeah, she, she put her to sleep. She jiggly puffed her. She pretty much did. So she put her to sleep. 
And then May and Martha. Martha is pretty much a man in a wig and a maid dress, by the way, who just all he does is sweep. But anyway, they tried to break it up. Raku put them to sleep. And then St. Laurent tried to come in. He came in. He said, no, I'm just going to put myself to sleep. And then he laid next to everybody else on his team. So Raku and her team pretty much just ran across them like three, four times. And then they tried to pin them. But St. Laurent stood up and threatened the ref with a scalpel. And the ref woke everybody else up. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So, So Ram gets tagged in. And Yuki tried to stab her with the scalpel, which the ref was looking around. I'm like, bruh, he got a whole weapon. What are you doing? Like, so <laughs> tried to stab her. She invaded. She locked in a sleeper. He stuck her with a needle. I don't know what was in this needle, but he stabbed her with it. And then she pulled it out and stabbed him with it. And that's how you get AIDS children. So, yeah. Yeah, Alex, that was my face. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So, so Martha took out the hurricanes like fuck this. Nah, my the battery died on my Bluetooth headphones, so oh. I got a raw dog it now. So Martha took the ref out with a broom and actually accidentally took out Sakisama. Ram hit the Ram Maker on Sakisama, which is just a ramp, which is just the Rainmaker clothesline. Um, then Michael went for a bulldog, but Martha cut her off with the broom and then may hit double knees from the top rope. And then Saki pinned Mariko with a basement drop kick. And then she gave her a rose. I think Mariko was also either leaving the promotion or she's retiring too soon. I don't know. Oh, damn. They farewell. They got her farewell roses. Okay. So the, the last four matches. Okay. <laughs> We're back to serious wrestling now with these last four matches. Uh, I'm about to say, this. <laughs> like, like, had I been watching that, I'd have been like, dude, I don't know if I can. <laughs> like, I would have been like, you know what I got? Like, I don't know, dog. I don't know. Okay, the next match was Hikaru Shida versus Hikari Noah. So Shida was at this show. This was an okay match. I thought it'd be honestly, people were hyping it up. I expected more. Like Hikari Noah is interesting. I like her vibe. Um, but I, I kind of expected more from this match. Uh, Noah hits Sheeta in the back with a chair, and then she's like, You hit me now. Then she said, Fuck that. And she grabbed her kendo stick and hit, and hit Noah in the back. So they hit each other back and forth for a little while. Then they got back in the ring and did more stuff. And then Sheeta pinned Noah with the Falcon Arrow. Um, the International Princess Championship was defended next. This was the first title. The last three matches were title matches. Uh, the God of Love and Piss, Maki Ito, <laughs> defended her title against Yuki Arai. This match was pretty good. Um, Yuki is very young, but she, she's obviously has a lot of room to grow. Ito DDT'd her from the ring to the floor, from the apron to the floor. That was a near fall. Then she did an avalanche face buster from the top rope. Then she submitted her with the Ito special. But the, the story was that Arai kept getting up. Like, you know, she had a, she had some offense. She kept getting up. But Maki just kept to, putting her on the ground. I was about to say she'd been punished. I would have been like, after that, after that first go, I'd have been like, nah, I'm good. So Ito retained. Um... The Princess Tag Team Championships were defended. Yuka Sakazaki and Mizuki faced Rika Tatsumi and Miyu Watanabe. 
Uh, like in the beginning of the match, Yuka, Yuka spun Mizuki around on her shoulders like in an airplane spin and hit Tatsumi Watanabe at one point. Watanabe, I guess, I think her thing is like she's just really strong. She giant swung both Sakazaki and Mizuki. So she wow. grabbed, yeah, she grabbed each of their legs and just spun them both around. I'm like, okay, that girl's strong. Um, Tatsumi reversed Yuka's splash and almost got a near fall, but Sakazaki pinned Tatsumi with the springboard 450. So they retained. Sakazaki music retained. 450. Now, no American women hitting that move. Hell no. Hell no. No American women hitting that shit. Now, I would say that this main event, actually, I will say the main event was worth all the craziness up until now. The Princess of Princess Championship. Miyu Yamashita versus Shoko Nakajima. This match went fucking hard from start to finish. This match was dope. Like I had heard of Miyu Yamashita. I'd never seen her wrestle before. That woman has a presence about her. Like as soon as she came out, I said, oh, the whole atmosphere didn't change. This shit done got serious. I couldn't even keep everything up in this match. If they do... If you can find this match, I'd recommend finding it. Now, there's another title defense Yamashita had. I think it might have been against, uh, I think it was against Mizuki. She had another title defense earlier this year. I think that's on YouTube. I'll put that in the group chat because that also went hard. But yeah, this match went fucking hard. Like Nakajima tried to dive through the bottom rope early on. Yamashita kicked her square in the head. She said, no, fuck that shit. There's a lot of like, Yamashita's nickname is like the pink striker. And her kick, her offense is very like kick based, strike based, and they hit their mark every time. Uh, Yamashita hit like an avalanche falcon arrow for a near fall. I was kind of disappointed in the finish for this a little bit because it's like Nakajima, she was fighting. Nakajima had some good moves too, but she was mostly getting her ass whooped the entire match. And then she kind of just like went out of nowhere with a diving senton almost, like almost out of nowhere, she went with a diving senton. So she is the new champion. Oh, and um, searching. And apparently Yamashita is coming to America to face Masha Slamovich at might it be it might be one of the mania shows during the weekend. So that like I said, uh like it's if it, like this main event pretty much made up for like like I said, the show was a mixed bag, like it wasn't bad overall. Overall it was a good show, it just had some weird shit on it that I had to get. I was like, what the fuck is this? It's that, it's that DDT stuff. Pretty much that DDT stuff. Like from hearing it, that's the only thing I can think of. It's that DDT stuff. That DDT shit. But yeah, Yamashita, you know, like yo, like that Yamashita Nakajima match. That shit fucking banged. Like that was great. That was Grand Prix Twenty Two. I will definitely try and watch more TGPW shows, especially if Yamashita's on the card. I already got some on here. I like her. Nakajima's solid. I already liked Yuka. I liked Yuka when I first saw her in AEW. Uh, obviously, Maki Ito. Um, Yuki Arai is someone to watch. Uh, Hikari Noah is also someone I'll probably check out. Uh, I like Saki Sama. He went all the crazy shit she's got going on. And Kami Yu is also somebody I'd like to see more of, as well as, like, as, well as Asuka. So... I was about to say, I was, 
you've piqued my interest. <laughs> I'm telling you, Alex, you would more than likely like Saki Sama. Boy. <clears throat> I know. I'm finna go, finna go uh, jump in a rabbit hole. Jesus Christ. From well, they um you can watch their matches. Like they have a YouTube channel, I think they post full matches on there. They also have they're also on a streaming service. Um oh yeah, I'm a, world I'm a, uh Wrestle Universe, Wrestle Universe, that's what it's called. It's them, like streaming service has them, DDT, Noah, and I think a couple of the promotions. Well, I already know I gotta figure my finances out a little bit better now because I mean I have to get into this. Uh, it's like nine hundred. Is it like nine hundred ninety nine yen? Well, yeah, about the ten dollars, about nine ninety nine. Yeah, something like that. About, about, about that much. And from one, like, and from one Joshi promotion to another. This weekend, this weekend is Stardom World Climax twenty twenty two, a two night event. I'm not buying both nights. I'm buying night two because I'm like, oh, I gotta pay for each night individually. Yeah, you got a, you got a uh, cash app. I send you ten dollars just so you can watch it. Nah. You are, uh, you are, you know, Joshi guy, and you know, yeah, what but I'm saying? Sh- you you be putting us on. <laughs> each show's like thirty six bucks, I think. Oh, yeah, God. that's why I said I can't buy. That's oh. why I'm not buying two. That's why I'm not buying both. <laughs> I was under the assumption it was like you know if it was already on the streaming service. Nah, it it'll be on the it'll be on the money. streaming service. When's the let? When's the show? It's it's Saturday and Sunday, so both days will likely be on the streaming service by Tuesday, oh. maybe Wednesday. Oh, you so, trying to watch it live, live? Oh, oh yeah, 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 I'm trying to watch it live, even though I won't have English commentary, but I'm not worried about it. So I, I've, I think I've watched enough Stardom where I don't need English commentary. Granted, a lot of the Stardom shows that are on Stardom World that aren't the pay per views don't even have commentary. Period. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but day one, these are the matches for day one: Hanan versus Rena for the future of Stardom title. Saya Ida's back, and she's facing Mirai. Um. A six-woman tag gauntlet match. It'll be Azumi and Lady C. It'll be Azumi, Lady C, and to be announced versus Himika, Natsupoi, and Mai Sakurai. And Waka Tsukiyama, Minishiri Kawa, and Momo Kogo. And Saki Kashima, Fukigen, Death, and Ruika. Which I don't know how in the hell Momo, who is part of Stars, teamed up with Waka and Mina. Where the hell is Unagi? Oh, wait, yeah, Unagi's already in the match. Um, Micah and Thecla versus uh, Risa, Sarah, and Suzu Suzuki from Prominence. Um, Hazuki and Koguma defending the Goddess of Stardom tag titles against Momo Watanabe and Starlight Kid. Mayu Iwatani and Kaidi making her a return to both wrestling and stardom versus Tam Nakano and Unagi Sayaka. Um, Saya Kamitani defends her Wonder Stardom Championship against Utami, Hayashishita, and Shuri versus Julia for the World Stardom title. And apparently, Shuri Tamashi will have some kind of new bodyguard since her and Julia ain't tag team and no mo. So that's night one. 
And you somehow you gonna buy night two? Yeah, night two is Hanan or Rina versus my soccer eye for the future certain title. Um, the Cinderella Rumble match, which has Unagi Sayaka, Mina Shirakawa, Lady C, Miyu Amasaki, Saki Kashima, Ruka, Saya Ida, Momokogo, Wakasukiyama, Tomoka Inuba, Aoi, Haruka Umesaki, Nanami, Maria, AJ Hozan, uh, oh no, I Hozan, uh, Mesuruga, Yuna Mizumori, and some final entry to be announced. So. Saya Kamitani or Utami Hayashishita versus Mirai. Hazuki versus Momo Watanabe. Azumi defending the uh, high-speed title against Koguma and not spoiling a three-way. Kaidi versus Starlight Kid. That's the main reason I'm getting this. <laughs> For Kaidi and Starlight Kid. Okay. Okay. I figured you was going to... I was no. wondering when Kairi's debut was going to be because I was going to be like, man, that's probably the better night to watch but if she if she faces starlight king yeah she faces it's a singles match that's why i was getting that one um that's that match let's see donna del mundo which shuri or julia so whoever loses on night one will team with himika micah and thecla versus uh prominent so pretty much the same match from night one just added people on both sides sayakamitani or utami versus tam nakano so Whoever, so it looks like whoever wins the one, white belt match, match. Yeah, whoever wins the white belt on night one will face Tam for the white belt again. And whoever loses will face Mirai. And then it'll be Shirty or Julia versus Mo, versus Mayu for the red belt. Mm. So, yeah, that's why I'm picking night two. Granted, night two's card in, almost entirely hinges on night one. But you know right like they done they don't let they don't let the mystery book in like, i mean if i had to pick i'm sure i mean if i was booking it i just i'd have saya retain and i'd have shuri retain both nights i mean because shuri just got the belt so <laughs> what she looked like losing it already and she's only defended like twice because she beat mirai and she beat I think she faced somebody else, but I'm like, yeah, shooty, like she just got the belt, so she shouldn't be dropping it, even if it is against Mayu, the pillar of stardom, the zombie. I'm like, I'm gonna have to say it like this: it's got to happen to somebody, and it's. I mean, I mean, if I if you had to pick someone to drop it, I'd pick Saya and get that white belt back to Tam, because damn it, Tam Nakano is a beast, and she deserves to be recognized for her beastliness. Let that idol shit fool you, Tam will fuck you up. And look, Utami just lost the red belt. She don't need a white belt yet. She yeah, Utami, she gotta, Utami she, had the she, red belt for like over a year. Cool her off. <laughs> right. She got she to gotta go, to, not to the back of the line, but she got to go a couple steps back. You know, build, build momentum back up. You know who I want to see win that white belt next? Momo Watanabe. Like, Momo just turned heel. She joined Oedo Tai. Momo need to come in and start killing people. She, she already took right. out Ozmi when she kicked her in the face with a boot with a wrench in it. So she need to she need to have like not a monster title run not like a uh, well apparently like back in the day stay. apparently back in the day white belt white belt Momo was a fucking beast when she first had the white belt back in the day. I mean, maybe she gotta go back to that. You know what I'm saying? Go back to that killer instinct. What was it? Uh, let's see. 
Title history reigns. Momo had it. Uh, yeah, Momo was the one who took it off of EO when EO left. And she had it for 358 days. So pretty much she almost had an entire year with 13 defenses. And apparently she was fucking ruthless. Oh, God. 13 defenses? That's a fighting champion right there. Yeah. And Arisa Hoshki had it for 370 days, and but then she retired. And I need to watch her match because apparently Arisa Hoshki was a fucking beast. But she retired like due to injuries. I've heard that too. I, some... Cause I, you know, cause I follow you. I get some Joshi stuff that you know that'll come in, and I'll get mm-hmm. some other Joshi stuff from some other people that I follow. And they was talking about her. I said, hmm. I ain't heard of her, but now I know her. Damn, Kylie had it for three hundred and sixty-four days at one point with eight defenses. I mean, it's just weird how the booking goes. Like Mayu had it for one hundred thirty-two days, only defended it twice in twenty seventeen. Tam, like that's how it's like it's weird. The number of defenses real. I think in stardom, the number of defenses for your title really indicates like how well you were booked. Or yeah, how well you were booked and how valued the company saw you. Like Tam had the belt 308, 301 days. She defended it six times. Which is the same number of times Julia defended it, and Julia had only 220 days. And to my knowledge, Tam did not main event any shows. When she was the white belt champion, which is a damn shame, because Tam is good. Well, they got that. They got that uh, money now. So yeah, they, they got that uh, Bushi Road money, which is wild. Not well, not wild to me. Like I said, I said on another show, like Stardom's Stardom's like expansion West is not that great. Like they could be doing more to come, like to to appeal to like western audiences or bigger audiences outside of japan they kind of do like the bare minimum yeah like their youtube channel i'm like how come y'all don't be subbing the videos y'all put on youtube like subtitle put closed caption on the most like their entire i've seen one subtitle video on that entire channel and it was just this random ass video before kaiti showed back up when saya come when saya was trying to get a match for whatever reason, she was asking Rossi if she could set him up, if he could set her up with a with Kode Ibushi for a match. Talking of her reason being, he's done the Phoenix Splash in the Dome. I've done the Phoenix Splash in the Dome. We need to figure out who the master of the Phoenix Splash is. And I'm like, what the fuck? And that was like before Kaidi came back. Well, that was like the buildup for Kaidi coming back. Uh, that's, that's some weird buildup. It, it, Kota Ibushi in that. For real, she was like, "Yeah, I want to fight Kota Ibushi." Oh, who's this? Like, <laughs> like fucking, that was so weird. But yeah, I'm I'm really hyped for Kaidi's like singles match back because the tag match is cool. But I'm like, you're really gonna I'm, you can really see what she can do on a singles match because she hasn't wrestled since she she left WWE what two years ago. Yeah, she hasn't really wrestled since then. Um, so. It's, it's she's been living that married life. Yeah, I wish they could have got her to come back for the rumble. At the very least, she could have took like she could took like fucking summer race spot. <laughs> like, just, like, for... <laughs> she could have taken. I would have kept summer red legend in. She could have taken. I don't mean to say it, but she could have taken Cameron's spot. Cameron didn't do nothing. <laughs> 
Cameron didn't absolutely do nothing. She got the, you know, she got the, she got the heart streaks, you know. She got eliminated by but, Sonya to help build on that rivalry with Naomi, and Naomi didn't even get in until right after Cameron got eliminated. And didn't Naomi get? Didn't Naomi's elimination get botched up? Yeah, like she wasn't supposed to be eliminated yet, but she touched the ground, so it was like, well, yeah. Okay, then what we'll go into. Well, speaking of, well, we'll segue real quick into what Mania looks like right now. I don't even know if this card is still filled out yet, but I think it is. I think there's only what maybe five matches I could think of off the top of my head, maybe. WrestleMania 30 fucking eight. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh boy. Here we go. Night one. Oh, well, it's five and five so far. Night one. Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's title. Bianca's kayfabe injured, hopefully, right now? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I hope it's kayfabe. Oh, it better be kayfabe. Oh, because that, oh my God. That is a devastating injury to be receiving if it's real. Like, hell to the nah. Even for the sake of the show, hell nah. Could kill me. Let's see. Ray Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio versus The Miz and Logan Paul. That's going to be a dumpster fire. I don't mean to say it, but that is not going to bang in no shape, way, or form. Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin. Drew Mac- Drew was talking about how people were upset that he having- like he's having a match with Corbin and Mania. <laughs> and he's like, nah, he's like, y'all bugging. He's pretty much like, nah, y'all bugging. Corbin's actually fairly good. Pretty good heel. And blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Yeah, people big. Some people big mad. Drew's facing Corbin. That'd be the fun. That's another funny thing about the IWC, right? They'd be so mad about who certain wrestlers are facing, and wrestlers be like, "I'm fine with it." Like, <laughs> right? I'm I'm getting over. It's cool, with me. It's cool. Like, it's not real. Like, you really like? Do you, don't you see that, Rike? What's up? Like people be complaining about why is this wrestler facing this guy? They should be doing this, and then the wrestler is just like, "I'm cool with it." Facing yeah, ex just, like this person, it's fine with me. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it was. Um, I know if it was Max. Max would be like, "Bro, I'm just happy to be on the damn show." I know, like a lot of wrestlers think that they're like, "Man, I just like being on the card." Yeah, <laughs> I don't fuck who I'm facing. Like, I'm just cool. I'm on the card. The only thing I'm I will glad say for the I'm exposure. Here. The only thing I will say about WrestleMania now is me and Max were talking about it over the weekend. And we both said the same thing. Like, I really miss when WrestleMania was like eight to nine matches. And it was literally like the best of the best got to be on the card. Now they've like put every damn body on the show, which I understand. But it's like, well, like, well, you remember that? Remember those couple of years when they had those battle royals? And I was like, this is literally just to get everybody on the card. These battle royals that don't need to be on here. Yeah, that were on the yeah. pre-show and shit. The time, mm-hmm. the time we watched WrestleMania, uh, that shit happened. I, I think it was the one with Sting and all Take, them. Sting and t- Triple H. Yeah, I'm, wasn't there? I feel like there was a battle royal. Yeah, there was. It was like it was under the giant one. Yeah, what's crazy is like. The last really good mania was 31, and it only had, I think, like seven, eight matches on it. So it's like they just felt the need to put everybody on a card and make the show a five hour extravaganza. 
now it's a two night thing. So I'm like, man. Apparently, this is a permanent change. Oh yeah. God. I blame Re- I blame Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> right. Yeah. Motherfuckers. I just, <laughs> I just wish I just prefer like people earn their spots on the show rather than like, oh, here. Like I, I miss when we were growing up. It was competitive. You had to like be rocking shit all year long to get on the card. Mm-hmm. I I just miss when it was like that. And also, um, this also goes back to IWC real quick. I'm so glad I'm seeing people, some people push back against the WWE as slavery narrative <laughs> that some people will be pushing. I'm like, some people are like, how are you getting paid? I'm like, some of y'all saying that, <laughs> what was it? Well, somebody tweeted, they were like, this woman tweeted, she said, AEW wrestlers be talking about WWE is slavery, but they ain't talking about being slavery because they ain't catering, but they ain't catering <laughs> tweeting rampage links. Like, what? <laughs> I'm like, this is true. I'm like, how are you going to talk about, oh, WWE is man, it's slavery being WWE and you're doing the same shit you were doing there. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Like, I get kind of the mentality, but some people are like, no, being in WWE is not slavery. What are y'all talking about? They getting paid good money. Granted, they're not on the cards half the time, but. Yeah. Right. And you're technically an independent contractor, so it's weird. Yeah. You signed a contract. You knew what it was. Yeah. That's the thing. That's a, that's a weird thing. People tell me, man, like somebody put when Roxy got signed, right? Uh, this tweet someone put, I don't think it was directed at Roxy. I think just in general. But this person was like, I'll never understand the whole WWE is a dream mindset. I'm like, that's because everybody's people's dreams are different, are unique to them. And you don't have to understand it because it's not about you. Right. If a wrestler says that them working in WWE is a dream, you ain't got to understand it. That's just they dream. That's just what they wanted to do. Yep. So just like you're just like, why WWE is this? WWE is that? It's like WWE is not a great company overall, not really with the lot of shit they've done in their history and some of the stuff they do now. But there's a reason people still sign into them for one reason or another, whether it be the money or the exposure or whatever it is. People still, people still keep signing. Yep. And they gonna keep signing one way or another. Like, like it's I mentioned this like swole. Her thing exposed what a lot of people didn't want to hear about AEW. Mm -hmm. It's just another wrestling company. That's really what her thing exposed at the end of the day. Granted, apparently someone ran some statistic that less black people in POCs are watching AEW than like like other wrestling promotions. Like even Impact. There were more black people watching Impact than AEW. <laughs> but that, I see the tweet. I've seen that one. Someone actually broke down. I don't know how they figured these numbers, but whatever. But that's the main thing. Swole exposed. She was just like, like AEW wasn't a horrible place at all. But at the end of the day, it's another wrestling company. Yep. It's not the that's land of milk and honey. It's not the place, the super duper, like the super duper great place y'all think it is. It's just another wrestling company. Just another place for guys to work. That's all it is at the end of the day. It's another shitty business with a bunch of shitty business practices that they, you know, they doing some stuff better than other companies. But at the end of the day, it's just another business. It's just another company, just another business. 
Yeah. That's it. At the end of the day, they might their goal might be to entertain you and make you happy. But what's the big, big goal? They're there to make money. money. It's the money. Like, that's what the big thing it is. That's every company. And does that sound jaded? Yeah, but that's just yeah. what it is. If you don't get into the wrestling business to make money, why are you here? For like, the love of the game. Like, that's for real. Why. Like, I don't know. I'm not a wrestler. I never be a pro wrestler. But anybody just tells you straight up, oh, I'm in this because I really, really love it. They lying, bro. They love it, but they also love the money. Because if you, it's like, okay, if you really love it, do this for a handshake. I mean, there's guys like when they start out, right? Yeah, they're doing it for like, you know, maybe uh, like, Rika, you can talk. You can attest to it. Like, you know, when you first start out and you're doing some of the smaller shows, you ain't get paid that much. Mm-hmm. but you're working your way up but if you make a certain amount of money at one point you ain't going back to no armory for a handshake and a hot dog bro you expect a certain amount of money <laughs> like, like i love this but i also need to eat yeah you like people there's some guys on the indies still to this day that say oh yeah i'll never sign to a major company i'm like why well, I guess you plan on i guess you plan on doing this forever like you should be I know this sounds horrible, but you should want to set yourself up for life after wrestling. Yeah. But I was gonna like, say, I feel I feel like I'm sorry to cut you off, but I feel like people that say that have mm-hmm. a second job, like they have an additional career, and that's not yeah. the only thing that they're falling back on is wrestling. Yeah. Right. Because you know, like as you were saying, you know, mm-hmm. kind of make like I like I get the integrity, I get creative freedom, and I get that you know you want to be able to express yourself the way you want to. That's I totally get that. All that makes perfect sense to me. But if you just yeah. tell me, oh yeah, I'll never sign a major deal with anybody. I'm like, I'll just look at you and be like, to me anyway, you just not smart, mm-hmm. or you just not in this as much as you want to be in it. Because I'm like, like po- contrary to popular belief, right? These companies are handing out contracts for free, like. They ain't just gonna. They just ain't giving it to anybody they see on the street, right? Sometimes they they do if they really stand out. But other than that, you know, like especially like indie wrestlers, they ain't just giving them to just everybody. They specifically must see something in you to be like, okay, we'll give this person a shot. You'll get X amount from when you start out. You you know you show something, we'll pay you a little bit more, and dude, blah blah blah. Like that means they see yeah. something in you. They're taking a chance on you. Like it's your opportunity, but they're the one taking the chance at the end of the day because they're paying the money out. Yeah, you could get there and suck, and if you get there and yeah. suck, that's on whoever scouted you and said you were good. You don't have much to lose. You just like okay, you went there, you, it didn't pan out. You went back to where you started. You reworked the stuff, right? But that person is just like, damn, I cost the. I said this person was good. They <laughs> flopped out. I spent the. I wasted X amount of money. We wasted five hundred thousand dollars. We we wasted 500k on this girl or guy who really wasn't that good, or they just came here and flop like no me tell Triple H probably had to go Triple H went through that with Sincara. <laughs> like <laughs> all, all versions of Sincara. Like bro, like they're taking a chance, like you taking a chance, but they also taking a chance on you. Mm-hmm. So you gotta jump. I don't even like I remember, I'll never forget. There was this uh there was this question somebody put on Facebook. It was on a wrestling page. It was, would you rather it was like, would you rather sign to WWE, but you got to do a developmental or something like that? And there was like no guarantee for like you becoming champion or something like that, or stay in the indies 
and like, but you become the champion of the promotion, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm going to WWE. Yeah, I'm going to NXT, boy. Which first, is, I know, first off, I'm making a, I'm pretty sure I'm going to make bigger money than I am on that indie show, Maybe even if I am the money. champion. And two, yeah. even if I flame out, I will still learn from some of the greatest of all time. And I could use that skill wherever I go next. I'm paying for the experience. Like, I'm paying for the experience and the knowledge. That's what I'm there for. And I'm also being paid, too. So it's a win-win. Exactly. So I'm like, I'm taking taking WWE. Fuck all that. If I'm young in my career, fuck all that. Like, I got plenty of time to grow and learn. How many more opportunities am I going to get to be? Anyone no matter if it was WWE or AEW or whoever. How many other, how much time? Like, how many opportunities am I going to get to learn? Not right. many, if I stay where I'm at. Like, I was going to say, and you could always go back to the Indies and then become champ. Yeah. And again, even better. This, this is crazy thing. It's just like, even these people tell me they left. It was like, well, WWE missed the boat on so-and-so. Or they missed the guy, thing on this guy. But that's the funny thing, right? People say they missed the boat on Cardona. And I do fully agree that WWE made some mistakes with Cardona, right? And they're like, well, now they see he's worth worth blah, blah, blah. You know what the funny thing is? Mike Cardona said, yeah, I'd go back. You know, people WWE have fired and they'd be like, yeah, I'll go back. If the opportunity came up, I'd go back. If they paid me to come back. Yeah, majority of them. Exactly. Like, <laughs> there's, I think there's not a, even people that went to AEW, they'd be like, yeah, probably I'd go back. Like Dax Harwood said that during an interview recently. He's like, if the situation was right and the money was good, yeah, I'd go back. Even John Moxley. Remember when John Moxley was talking about shit? Talking, man, I'll never go back. No amount of money would ever make me go back. Then what? A year later, he said, "I'd listen to an offer." <laughs> yeah, like he was yeah, like, I'm bringing I'd, that up. He oh, said, "I'd." He said, "I I'd listen to an offer." Shoot, Cody said, "I ain't going back." Cody apparently already signed. Like, <laughs> shit ain't definite. People think a lot of things wrestlers say is gospel, but a lot of them, they don't know either. Yeah. Things change. Situations change. People change. It's just like, one minute, they'd be like, nah, fuck that. I ain't going back. Maybe like a year later, six months down the road, something happened. Yeah, I'd probably go back. It's just, you remember when Ricochet was saying that? Ricochet said, I ain't never leaving the Indies. That man showed up on NXT like a month later. <laughs> I ain't never leaving. He showed him on NXT. Like, it was, come on now, bro. It's working. That's what they do. Because like I said, they just like, they just, wrestlers are people at the end of the day. No more, no more infallible than any three of us right now. They don't know what they're going to do. They can plan stuff out, but things always change. Right. Things change every second. Even as we speak. Even at the subatomic level, things is happening. I think about that shit right now. War, like, War Lose, another example. He's like, man, WWE, whatever. They had their chance. Two years down the road, you probably like, I'll take an offer. Like, I'll take that money. Yeah. Things, things change. You never know because something could go wrong in AW. Maybe they miss something up and he gets mad. And he's like, nah, fuck this. I'm out. Or maybe WWE just come along with his contract and he's like, yeah, we got this deal for you. He's like, hmm. Tony, can you match that? Uh, maybe. Hmm. Well, I'm gonna go over here now. Like, yeah. Let me uh move to the left. But then you're gonna have people who are gonna be mad at that. So-called fans gonna be mad at that. Like, with, oh my. Especially with the with the Cody situation, if it's apparently true. Boy, they done turned on that man so quick. So many people the turned pill- on Cody, bro. Like, pillar, 
one of the pillars of Are you a hypocrite. I'm like, Cody ain't no hypocrite. People always forget, and I mentioned that when Cody first left before he formed AEW, before AEW was even a thought in his head, his whole goal was to show Triple H and Vince McMahon that he could be a main event guy. That was his entire goal. That was the reason he left. And he more or less did that. Mm-hmm. Even helped our company get started. So he exactly. top he, guy. <laughs> he's more or less did that. It's time to go back. Like, apparently they offered him, what was it, 500K to stay the first time? I think that was a rumor. Like, when he was first leaving, I think they said they wanted to offer him, like, maybe 500K to stay, something like that. Now, apparently, he getting north of a million. It's called that's- betting on yourself, kids. <laughs> like they yeah. doubled that if that's true that's what i heard that's yeah that's working towards that's work that's him accomplishing his goal basically if they're gonna pay him that kind of money because that's i gotta say that's main event money exactly like and then the whole thing like somebody else said and this goes way back to the iwc i thought we were done with this but i keep thinking about stuff <laughs> the interactions i've had with people right uh, when when Pete Dunn got renamed to Butch, and yes, it's a stupid ass name. Jesus Christ, it's a dumb name. Okay, we get it. It's stupid. God. <laughs> but someone was like, someone said, I know. It was like I know that he did it for what was it? I think it was like I know why he resigned. The money was good, or something with his family, or something like that. But I was really disappointed when he resigned with them. And I said, it's not your place to be disappointed. That's exactly what I said. I'm like, it's not your place to be disappointed. Pete Dunn is a grown-ass man who can make his own grown-ass man decisions. He wanted to resign for whatever reason he wanted to resign. So he did. It's not your place to be disappointed in his grown-ass man choices just because you personally wanted him to be somewhere else. And they were like, well, that just because blah, 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 doesn't just because they do someone's like just because they make decision doesn't mean we can't be disappointed. I'm like, that's exactly what it means. Your opinion don't matter. Like, I mean, I'm like, your opinion on what this person does does not matter. If you are his fan, support his decision. That's all you got to do. Yeah. I was about to say, if you're not that man's parents, he you probably you're probably not going to get. You ain't that man's family. He don't give a fuck about you. What you talking yeah. about? Like, you don't give a shit about you? Oh, uh, this one guy is, oh my gosh, this person disappointed in me. Like, I, like if you're not his family, his blood, a close friend maybe, he don't care. He doing what he want to do. Tom will tell if this is the right decision for him to make for himself, but he do what he want to do. I feel like... Someone said that with Kevin Owens too, and it was just like, Kevin Owens resigned because it was cool for his family. And I'm like... Y'all were some people were so mad that, and it was a sure thing. Remember that rumor? It was a sure thing that him and Sammy were going to AEW, and they both resigned. Kevin said, "No, I did this because it's good money, and I got a family to take care of." And a lot of the people over there signed to AEW with the exception of a few. They ain't got no like. I don't know if they got. Well, I don't know if they got families or they single. Some, some half and half. But then Sammy was like, "No, I like what I'm doing right now. Why am I leaving?" Like a lot of people can say what Sammy's doing isn't good, and you can make an argument for that. But shit, Sammy having the time of his life. This man got a mania spot against a celebrity on his fourth <laughs> franchise. You know, on his fourth film in his huge franchise. 
They all, a lot of eyes, the casual eyes going to be on Sami Zayn's match. Don't know him from Adam, but he ended for Johnny Knoxville. So people right. going to know who Sami Zayn is. He you know what he's doing. Sami know what he's doing. You're going to get people from who haven't watched since basically the Attitude Era, or, you know, the end of the Attitude Era kind of shit when Jackass was on TV. He know what he's oh, doing. Johnny Knoxville wrestling? Oh, my God. I got to watch that. He don't get fucked up. Mm-hmm. You know what he's doing? I'm proud of him. But uh, let's let's end while I keep doing this Mania card. We kind of lost track. Usos versus Nakamura and Boogs for the Smack title. Smack title. Smackdown title. Tag titles. Edge versus AJ Styles. Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey for the Smackdown Women's title. Now, they bold as hell putting both women's title matches on the same night. Vince said, let's get this shit out the way. And said, I'm trying to stir the pot up. Didn't they Rike? They said, let's get the they said, let's get this shit the fuck up out of here. Both of them. Knock them both out. And night two, we got Queen, Queen Zelina and Carmella versus Sasha Banks and Naomi versus Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan versus Natalia and Shayna Baszler in a fatal four-way tag team match for the Raw Women's Tag Titles. I mean, for the WWE Women's Tag Titles, not Raw Women's Tag Titles. That's going to be a cluster. I don't mean to say it, but... Well, at least these eight women know what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, that's true, but... It's going to be a, it's gonna be hard. It's going to be hard. Not hard to follow, but it's... I'm sure it's going to have its moments where it's just going to be like, that ain't click too well. Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn in anything goes match. <laughs> we're gonna see a lot of jackass stunts. We're gonna see. We're gonna see light tubes, bro. I feel it in my bones. <laughs> oh, God, uh, Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory, RK Bro versus the Street Profits versus Alpha Academy in a triple threat tag for the Raw tag titles. That's gonna be a banger. And Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns in a winner-take-all match to unify the WWE and Universal titles. It was like people were like, "Oh, Mania is trash this year." I'm like, "On paper, this card ain't bad." Mm-mm. It's just that a lot of the builds haven't been 100. percent Oh yeah, they've had some weak builds. Besides, maybe like the Johnny Knoxville, the Edge, and AJ Styles, McAfee, Austin Theory. <laughs> Yeah, that other than those like three, that's pretty and Becky and Bianca, I think, has a solid build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one I so it's like what four matches out of like a ten match card that have yeah you know, a decent build to it. And they trying not... so hard to make Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey like mm. but I don't know if people are feeling it, the build for this. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I know Rike I, not. <laughs> no. I'm completely ignoring it. Every time SmackDown come on, Rika is like, man, this is trash. Yeah, it, it it really is. I don't, from, I don't know. I, I couldn't be backstage and tell Vince, like, bro, are you sure about this? <laughs> you you sure you don't want to add Sasha in there just to make it interesting? Ask Bailey if she's ready to go. <laughs> like, so. yeah, make it, right. Make it four-way. Like, geez, it needs something. <laughs> It's going to be like watching paint dry. It's going to be like, damn. And it's just now settling in on me that I bought tickets to both nights and it don't really feel like it's coming. Yeah. I I totally, it slips my mind every once in a while. I'm like, 
damn, I'm going to WrestleMania next weekend and it don't even feel like it. Probably because I haven't really watched like a full show in like ever. Yeah. I was going to say that's how I was kind of like with when me and Robert went to WrestleMania 25. I hadn't even, I wasn't even watching wrestling like that. I was kind of like, whenever I'd go spend the night at his house, you know, we'd watch SmackDown or whatever, but, you know, that was a couple of times, and then it was like, fuck, it's in Texas, let's try to go WrestleMania. I didn't know none of the matches, I didn't know, like, hardly any of the build-up to any of that, but it was still, like, it was a mind-blowing show, so it was like, you know, hopefully, I mean, hopefully you experience that, I mean, shit. Yeah. Tickets to both nights, you know what I'm saying? One night's yeah. good and the other one night sucks. That's yeah. I um I was, my, I was like the matches I'm looking forward to seeing are Brock Roman Styles and Edge, uh Bianca and Becky. I'm trying to think what else is happening. I'm 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 interested to see how that uh four-way women's tag turns out. Mm-hmm. Um of course, the Orton and Riddle tag match. Something tells me they were supposed to break them up weeks ago, but I think it's the thing where it took off in a way that they didn't expect it to. So it's like, well, let's just keep going with it to see how much we can get out of it. Um, there's something else I wanted to see. That's it so far. So it's like really a five match. Oh, and of course, the Owens and Austin thing, whatever that's going to be. Ooh, is that on night one or night two? Uh, night one. You let the internet tell it that's supposed to main event night one. That segment. But we'll see. That's that's pretty wild. Like, I don't know if I'd go with that if that is what the internet is believing to be true. Yeah, if they go that route, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's Dallas. Austin started there, so it, it wouldn't surprise me. They've been prioritizing the legends over the full-time talent for quite some time now. Oh. Uh, now. Now that you said that, oh, man, they're probably going to bring up the Sportatorium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you use wrestling, Sportatorium. I drove by where that title, where that building used to be. I just cannot remember where it was. Like, I was on a road with Rudy, and he pointed it out, like, oh, the Sportatorium would be right there, and it was just a field, and there was buildings around it. So, but shoot, I got asked before, like, what's the biggest arena you ever been in? I was like, AT&T Stadium. That stadium is huge. Yeah, I was about to say, that's probably one of our bigger stadiums that we've got in the country. Mm-hmm. That and uh, SoFi in L.A. Oh, yeah. Well, well technically, the, the, uh, the Olympic Stadium can hold over 100,000. Mm-hmm. So... I'm not tripping about my seats because at least I get to see to show off that big ass LED screen they got in there. So, Ooh, hey, that's what saved that's what saved me and Robert basically because mm-hmm. well we was in the nosebleeds, yeah. For the you know because we was like oh shit last minute, all right well, we ain't spending no more than three hundred bucks, and yeah. it was like damn nosebleeds at that price, fuck it. Because I was factoring in everything that I already have to spend money on. Like, I just reserved a rental today, the rental car. And then we're trying to decide whether or not we want to. We were going to rent an eight Airbnb, but those keep going out real quick. So 
we'll probably get like a cheap little hotel to stay in. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I was about to say. Oh, and you got to work that weekend too? Yeah. Uh, Saturday, both nights are going to be crazy. Like Saturday night, we have a show at fucking midnight right after WrestleMania. So I'm interested to see how that's going to turn out crowd wise. Um, yeah, but how long do you how long do you think that show would go? Because if it starts at twelve and it's you know, I mean, it's Mania weekend, so I'm, I'm thinking it'd be at least two plus hours. Typically, sure. those go like three hours and some change. Oh, I mean, if it was up to me, all the shows would just have six matches. Because those shows tend to flow better. Because that's what I've seen over the years. Like NXT Takeover so well because there's only like five or six matches on there. The more matches you put on your show, the longer it is. Like back when I was working and I knew there was like eight to ten matches on a fucking show. All right, you guys got fifteen. I would go eight instead, just to ease things along. Like why would I go fifteen minutes in a fucking bar? with a hundred people in it. Why? You know? Yeah. That's, you're doing too much at that point. You know? mm-hmm. Especially if the revenue, you know, the revenue ain't there, especially yeah. at that time. Mm-hmm. Cause it's supposed to be eight matches on. Well, it's going to be eight matches on the show. So, um, I guess I'll drink my Red Bull. I haven't had one in ages. Cause getting hotel rooms after the show, it's like helped us catch up on sleep. Oh, yeah, but Saturday's gonna be a long ass day. Sunday too. Sunday show starts at nine, so I'm gonna have to figure out something. Apparently, you might not get no sleep from what it's yeah. sounding like. To be honest, yeah. Ooh. I just realized WrestleMania both nights are starting at seven Central Time. Yeah, that's about to be a four or five hour show. Yeah, both nights. Well, no, not that long, but I mean, you know, that's going to be a yeah. long show. That shit ain't going to be over till like 10, 11 o'clock yeah. almost. Like, okay. Rampage got one good match on it. Uh, Ricky Starks and Swerve. Like Brock and Roman. I don't think that's going to go long at all. Like, no, it, it shouldn't go that long. Ten minutes, maybe. Yeah, they're probably going to spam their finishers. <laughs> <laughs> Superman punch. <laughs> Four eight F fives, Roman goes over, hopefully. And as you said, the rock comes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mentioned Jake Cargill a little bit earlier. I think we'll well let him wind it down. Mentioned Jake Cargill a little bit earlier. Now she on Twitter. She over here recruiting women for a baddie section that she gonna be having at shows, I guess, just Fine-ass females in her personal sections in shows. I'm like, Jay, if you do that, I might watch your segments and your segments only on Dynamite. Just see what fine women show up in whatever city y'all going to be in. Except Boston, because they're pretty, there ain't no pretty girls in Boston. But, you know, <laughs> if they hit that Houston show, Rick gonna be, Rick ain't going to be watching and be like, I've seen that girl before, and that girl, and that girl. <laughs> <laughs> came to the conclusion that like i have a love hate thing with houston like i love houston and the city and its culture but man do i hate driving through that motherfucker oh yeah that shit is everybody going super fast in that bitch like 
some shit is like 45 minutes away in fucking Houston. Yeah, that shit. When I went to go, well, I was in the woodlands, but when I went to that uh that new Texas show, it was almost a damn hour from where I was at. And I'm like, what the fuck? How many miles was it? I don't know, but it was a, it was a while and it was all freeway pretty much. I was gonna say down here in Memphis, boy. You leave at the wrong, you leave five minutes late. Boy, you get swamped over traffic. I have to drive 15 minutes or 15 miles to work. That motherfucker will either take me 30 minutes or 45. Jesus Just because of how bad traffic is over here. And people speed like a motherfucker still. Just like in Houston, people speed like a motherfucker. Still bad. And the speed limit here is 55 in most <laughs> spots. I remember one time... For one time, I was giving Masha Sklamovich a ride from the airport to the building. And she turns to me and goes, you know, I'm from the Jersey area. And the thing I've learned being in Texas is a speed limit is really just a suggestion. Like in the Northeast, everybody goes speed limit. But out here in Texas, it's like you got this person over here obeying the speed limit. Then you got this person that's just saying, fuck it. And then you got this person in the far right lane just going below the speed limit it's, it's it's crazy out here i was like yeah welcome to welcome to the south in general <laughs> oh yeah Thanks. oh yeah like the cowboy will tell you quick like uh hey you know that sign says 40 miles per hour now let me tell you something <laughs> that sign ain't nothing but a suggestion it really is you better go That's 10 20 over that bitch oh before we go uh congratulations to jonathan gresham First off, Jordan Grace. That's a, that's just a that's just a thing in general. Just to congratulate him on, but for winning the Progress World Title this past weekend, I believe, and is he's he still the ROH champion? Yeah, one of them at least. Because Bandito has the other one. He has the old title, and Bandito has the current title. Ooh, so geez, that's gonna be a match. Um. Yeah, and he is Jonathan Gresham is the first American to hold the Progress World Title. Oh damn! No, but making history. We'll end it on the Supercard of Honor. Oh, so far, that's on the first, right? Yeah, that's Mania Weekend, I think, isn't it? I think yeah, Friday. I think no, the first is I think Thursday. No, it's. Uh... Man, it's about to be crazy in the DFW area next week. Yeah, WrestleMania. That's yeah, WrestleMania. that's that Friday. And that's in Garland, which is the outskirts of Dallas. So, uh, so far, there's only four matches. Jonathan Gresham versus Bandito. Winner take all to determine the undisputed ROH world champ. The Briscoes versus FTR for the, world, for the ROH tag titles. Swerve the Realist versus um, Alex Zane formerly known as Ari Sterling when he was in WWE, and Jay Lethal versus Lee Moriarty. Damn. Garland, Texas, also known as, hey, I'm a part of the DFW area, too. Looking it's, like, it's like fucking Round Rock. In, <laughs> it's like Round Rock in Austin. <laughs> but I think on that note, we will call it a night. Hey, one time for the people in Round Rock. I heard there was a tornado out there the other day. Oh, yeah, that shit was wild. I got a couple of pictures from people I know that work in a huddle at the post office. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Yeah. Mm. 
Talk to you all next time.